Because that's why I drink. <laughs> All right. So we got popcorn and beer, penguin beer. Mm -hmm. um, that is not Crosby. I don't even know if we have an 85. Well, if for those who are out of the area or catching our show for the first time, we are based in Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania. That's right. We are kind of like... Tonight we're going to be homers. Homers. Hometowns or yinzers. yinzers. We're going to be yinzers. We're going to talk like Pittsburgh. We're going to do everything like Pittsburgh. <laughs> Fuck them Ravens. <laughs> so, we want, I initially was going to um, have you do episode five when you came back from tour, but then you, the tour is a little longer than I initially thought yeah, it was. It's two months. Yeah, so. Long for two months. Thanks for coming in. You got it. Appreciate I didn't mean it. to scare you coming in. Kind of scared, I, 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 scared know, me a little bit. I'm walking down the hall, and his eyes get real big, and that's all I can see down this dark hallway. And just because he thinks, I don't know, what do you think I'm a monster? Or what? Looks somebody, like one. Somebody told me the other day I look absolutely terrifying walking down the street. And they go, <laughs> "Wait, someone said to you you look oh, terrifying." Yeah. And you know what? Here's what's fucked up. I mean, I said I wasn't going to swear. Here's what's fucked up about this. They sit around and they feel comfortable enough to tell you, "Hey, man." You look terrifying. It's just like, wow, great. <laughs> you look like yeah, shit. It's, it's, it's like my favorite thing. Like, like creepy, I don't buddy, creepy guy, number one. Yeah, cre a creepy guy. A seedy guy. Seedy guy, guy, number one. You know, I, I had a buddy of mine say, hey, man, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm okay, because you don't look okay. I'm like, what's, what? <laughs> where do you go okay? from that? Yeah, you don't look okay. I mean, so because I was growing the beard. Oh, and it's just like, man. you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it's getting scruffy. It's getting fluffy. It's pretty long, Fred. It is. Oh, well, I'm lazy. I'm like, well, the thing was, is, is, is I started, I, I, I go into these. So you're not lazy. You're, you're really not lazy. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Maybe some of the personal effects, you may be lazy. Well, that that's where I was getting to. Personal hygiene. <laughs> personal <laughs> that hygiene. That wouldn't be anything to brag about. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I shower every day. I'm nuts. I have to shower every day. I cannot go without taking a shower. When you've got hair this gorgeous, only one shampoo will do. Use pro? No. Dove. <laughs> Actually, I quit using Dove. We're, uh, yeah, we're, jump, we're jumping around you're all over the place. Man. Of course. I'm a dove man. You know what happens? When you ask Dove a thousand fucking times, hey man, Dove, how about a little love? How about a free bottle or two? You know, throw me a bottle. You're wearing them out on social media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything used to be tagged Dove. So I'm walking through the, through the, through the uh, uh, supermarket. And I'm like, oh, Dove, you know, I need to get some Dove. I love Dove. And I went like this. And did you ever see that, like, well, here we go. Did you ever see that girl from like 25 years ago? And it's like you like run into her. And it's like, hey man, I'd like to try that again. <laughs> and, and try and, what exactly? Oh uh, yeah, well, yeah, but and that's Park exactly cheesy. what you know. It's like, it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, start up a little conversation, and, you, and you're like, wow, man, I remember why I like this. <laughs> well, right there, it's I, I'm walking through the aisle, and I'm like, hey, Pantene. Been a long time. How you doing? Oh, you still make the? Uh, oh, wow! That I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember when we first tried that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so what? You know, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been good. Yeah, you know, me and Dove were on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your life is you are talking to shampoo bottles in a supermarket. I'm fucking nuts. I've been working 96 hours a week, man. But, you know, so I'm like walking through like the you know, giant eagle in the middle of the night. I'm like walking and I look and I'm like, so yeah, hey. You know what are you doing tonight? And, you know, and then Pantene's like, "Hey, nothing. You mind if I bring a friend?" It's like like one of the two box things, you know. And it's you you could buy one bottle of Dove for seven bucks, or you could buy Pantene or yeah, uh, shampoo and conditioner 
the way I like it for the same amount of price, for the same amount of money. And I'm like, you know what? And I look at Dove sitting over there. I'm like, you know what? I gave you every fucking chance in the world, Dove, to send me free shit. I begged you on social media, send me free shit. <laughs> you know what? Pantene. Let's go. <laughs> so I fucking threw it in the buggy and we took off. I actually have a. I actually have, and I didn't. I, Are you I wearing have, them out now? I have. The, I. You know what? I haven't. You know what? Because I respect Pantene. <laughs> <laughs> he is a man. I'm just putting yeah, it out there. But the thing is, when all the old pictures of my hair when it was like long, was Pantene, and then one day, you know, Pantene and I got into a fight, and you know, you're like, you know what, Pantene, fuck you. I'm going to Dove's house, and so I went. And, I went and tried some Dove, because they didn't. Truth is, they just they were out of Pantene, the kind I used, but they had the, the equivalent in Dove, and I'm like, wow, Dove smells just like Pantene, and so that's where I went to Dove. So I, I became a, a Dove because it was gentler on my hair. You will get no sympathy from a man who's not used shampoo in 15 years <laughs> oh man but that's a true story i was walking through the supermarket the other day and i saw pantene and i'm like you know what pantene i used to use you all the time back in the day and i saw some recent pictures of me from back in the day and i'm like Damn, I I look good. So I went I went and, and I'm I'm back with Pantene. I'm gonna make it official. Pantene and I are back together and uh we're happy. I'm gonna jog Fred's memory <laughs> for a second because this is this is self effacing humor, but I'll say it. <laughs> we recorded our very first Boogie Street promotional video. I don't know where that idea came from, but we decided we're gonna do a promotional video. I do remember that. Two thousand and four. I think it was November two thousand four. Mm -hmm. And I had never given my hair a second thought. It had always been there. Yeah. It always looked good. I needed a comb every day, which means I still had some. It wasn't thin. It looked good. I never had any trouble, you know, dating or anything. It was, I mean, I just assumed everything was great. So we were doing this video shoot, and the company we had, nice young men, they, uh, had the cameras on there and we were reviewing tapes and they were showing us stills and one of these young men had the idea of a wide angle shot it was actually going to be shot behind my desk in view of the whole office so we're sitting down at the desk and fred and i are reviewing all the clips and tapes and fred calls me over to the desk and goes hey e. like what's up he goes you may want them to put a little shading or some Photoshop on that <laughs> crown of yours. And I looked there, and I had never looked at the back of my head. Because you don't have eyes in the back of your head. And there was this balding crown on the top of my head. I, I and so much of my life just... Shut up, Fred. So much of my <laughs> life fell before me, and I was just... Fucking horrible, <laughs> and you thought that was just so remarkably funny. No, he you wrote that for, for a good couple months. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but yeah, it was a realization. I think I was at the time 37, 38, but and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" It might get really. And I was married at the time. Yeah, to a hairstylist. Just That's like the home, I'm like, "Hey, you've been coloring the gray out of my hair and cutting my hair for a good five, six years now." For at least five, six years. Do you think it might have been just maybe something to tell me that, like, I'm going like 
with a bad bald spot up there? <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Hurt my feelings? I got to find out from a video camera crew. <laughs> it was so humiliating. It was so humbling. But again, well, yeah. I'm thinking that she was thinking, I'm going to keep him from dating. And he's like an old man. Bit, slowly no, but surely, she pulled him out. She might have been. Yep. Who knows? But man, I was. That was just one of those landmark moments in a man, a man's life when you realize that you're losing your. Uh, you'll have yours. Trust oh, me. Oh, it's starting to go right here. And I think it's because I pull it in the ponytail all the time. It's just like right. Yeah, but you've done very well. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm fifty. I've He's got, older than fifty. This is real hair. <laughs> <laughs> Not like these uh, plastic. Uh, these plastic-filled celebrities you see on the air, yeah, with their with their wigs. Most of, most of the people in music now have wigs, right? Yeah. Or or they had those sewn-in. Yeah, they got all kinds of different things they can do. And yeah, they got all kinds of stuff. And you can color them. No, I mean, but it's easy if you're going to color your hair and you don't you know, want to keep it permanent. You know, I probably would look. Great do you color or are you gray? Uh, I'm gray <laughs> in my beard. I, I have gray beard hairs. My you, beard. You wouldn't tell us anyways if you colored. Oh no, my hair's my hair's natural. My I have no grays in my hair. All right, here. Chest hair? <laughs> what the fuck is that? I'm like I look like a koala. I'm like, I'm like a little fuzzy koala bear. I'm like, when the hell did this happen? So you know, it, 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 you know, but the beard the beard gets long grays in them, and I'll sit there and I'm like, and I'm so vain. I I admit it. You I don't am. say. For, for, and I'll sit there and I'll and I'll find one. And I'll just pluck it out. I'll pluck it out. And I'll pluck it out. And I and I, I'll go through. So like like a couple times a week, I'll just go through and just, and just start picking them. But then they they make this stuff called just for men. Someone never told, heard of somebody it. Somebody told me about it. And uh, and, and you know what what what's it's shoe polish. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. <laughs> you know you know what's fucked up is you see these like like it's all nice and fuzzy. You know, and, and, and I like to let it, because the last time I had a fuzzy like this was when I was doing that movie, The Road. And I, and I grew, a, grew a beard for that. And uh, I'd actually just come off the road, and I had a great big beard. I shaved it off, and 20 minutes later, my agent calls me up and says, hey, do you have a beard? And I'm like, by any chance, do you have any facial hair? I'm like, I just shaved it off 20 minutes ago. What do you need? And I had this nice beard, like, growing, you know. So anyway, uh, so I, I, I like it when it's like, because I shampoo it with Pantene. And I condition it with Pantene, but you know, and I, and I sit there and I, and I, because I, I like it, like you said, shoe polish. You see those guys with like the, the short little, like, it, it looks like somebody like like a Halloween hobo, like when your mom couldn't afford an outfit and she just got like some 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 <laughs> shit, and she just put it on you, and then you could be anything, you'd be a pirate, Kiwi she goes, like, a shoe rag polish, on you. yeah, you know. But you know, you've got those guys, and it's like all perfect. You know, like all manscaped and and shit. Fuck that, fag. You know, <laughs> we're gonna cut that. <laughs> like, uh, you've, I, I'm not. So let's go back in. <laughs> oh, and I haven't even been I, drinking yet because this is really water. No, it's not. It's beer. But <laughs> I'm not drunk yet. It's definitely beer. Oh, it's icy light too. It's good beer. It could be water for all I know too. Mm. No, but it, uh, no, but in all honesty, you know, you, you get those you get those people with the uh, like the, the shoe polish, like you said, it's a it's a it's a tight line, and it's all manscaped, and uh, what do they call them? Metrosexuals. I can say that. <laughs> well, it, it always fascinated me when you see a, a guy fifty five or sixty and older, um, the you know, and then the, this the natural skin weathered face. 
that's what life brings you. Yeah. And then you see the, and then you see black, jet black beard yeah. <laughs> and hair with no color texture, no shading. Black. No, black. And they, they they leave the house and they think that's okay. And that's what I'm talking about. Like I said, that's crazy. you're a hobo for Halloween this year, Junior. I mean, it's like, I don't want to be a hobo. Give me the shoe polish. And you got the it, goes, it goes back to that same thing I always said. I never for life of me understood why more people do not put a, a mirror, hopefully a three-quarter or full-length mirror, right by the door. And do you not take that one glance before you leave the house? I don't. <laughs> I, I here's what's here's what's messed up about me is I take a shower like I took a shower before I came down here again second personal one hygiene s- tips from second one of the personal hygiene panda <laughs> says you know personal hygiene panda <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to scrub your ass you know <laughs> shit like I don't know well, I get, and, and that's what's messed up with it I'll be out and I'll be like, oh, man, I forgot to wash my armpits. And I'll go back in and get back in the shower, man. Because I'm not. How I'm do that... you forget to wash your armpits? Because I'm sitting there thinking of other things. Like, you know, what am I going to do today? You know, stuff like that. But I don't know if you know this, Eric, but I'm a busy man. But the, but the thing is, is, you know, I, I shower and shower and shower. I walk out the house. And I don't even know what I look like. My mirror is my, my, my rear view mirror in my car. I'm like, See here, do I look good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, another gray. Let me pop that out of there. You know, but the thing is, is I'm lucky enough with the, with the hair because I don't know if you guys know this, but this is my long, luxurious hair by Pantene. But uh, hear that, Pantene? And I'm drinking Iron City beer. <laughs> He's bucking for a sponsorship. And uh, Great Northern Popcorn Popper. If you ever need popcorn, but, uh, but, uh, go by, to Great Northern. Ironically, though, you actually have had some sponsorships in the music business through the course of your career. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, as, a, as a matter of fact, Fred will probably not remember this, but I remember you actually had bigger advertisements as the guitar technician for some of these some of these musicians <laughs> than the musicians, musicians had themselves. <laughs> I had, I had, if anybody wants to for, buy a case for of posters. Mul- for multiple companies, yeah. I believe, right? I had posters. And I was like, oh, yeah, hey. They're like, hey, would you like a poster of this? Because yeah, I was like, well, it was, it was awesome because I had no idea. And uh, it was for Korg uh, yeah, tuners. tuners. Right? Yeah. And I'd been using Korg. another one you had, too, strings or something. I had yeah I I've been using Korg though forever, yeah. and uh, even like when I wasn't you know when I was playing a local band I had a Korg tuner, and you, you signed at their booth a couple times years ago yeah too. yeah yeah, and I did uh, I did Monster Music and mm-hmm. and stuff like that you know I remember that I think little, that's one of the precursor very first times to us. yeah yeah, yeah 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 and yeah. Uh, so I did like I would do like uh, in stores I mm-hmm. do like setups you know and they bring people in and. You know, I'd sit around. And there's beer. And there's beer. And, and lucky winner Jimmy gets his guitar set up by Fred, you know. And it's just like, right. I'm like, going, what am I going to do with this thing? You know? I, mean, well, I always respected you because there was opportunities, big opportunities for you to make a lot of money in regards to charging for professional setups. You know, there was always that extra money that was available to you, but you just never took advantage of people. And that's what I loved about, you know, to my knowledge, you never did. Told you what a bad business <laughs> but no yeah exactly and, and and one of the things that i used to pride myself on and i, and I stay it and i still say it now i give you the same setup as i'm going to give zach wild i'm going to give you the same setup as i'm going to give kiko or chris broderick or dave you know mustaine or david ellison i do the same quality work uh john my own for for you guys as i will for you know uh 
a rock star. And well, that's what I did when I was down here, man. You know, well, <laughs> yeah, I was picky. And everything had to go through well, my you hands. Picky, right. Before it went out the door, you know, I sat there and I touched all these, all the guitars we had in Boogie Street. Excuse me. I had, I'm drinking beer and I just hiccuped or burped. I don't know what it was. Every guest does that. <laughs> and then they're all like, oh, oops, oops. I'm like, hey, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a podcast thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, 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 it, you know, you got to figure out, that's the drinking game. At what point in the show, I'm going to say 10 minutes and 31 seconds, he's going to hiccup. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I mean, that that was just me, and and I loved Korg tuners, mm-hmm. and I'm, I was actually in. I was going to uh, to a guitar store up here in McMurray. I was at the guitar gallery, and I didn't know that I was on the cover. I was on the back cover I of remember. Guitar World magazine. Yeah, and I'm like, well, no, no, no. I go walking in, and they're like, hey, man, you got something to tell us? I'm like, <laughs> uh. I'll bring that money up like next week, Vic. You <laughs> that, know <laughs> that payment on that the guitar on layaway, <laughs> and that's why he ended up working with me because he didn't have to worry about that anymore. And I'm like, I'll probably bring the money right up. He goes, what? No, don't worry about that, man. Hey, you got something to tell us? Something else? I'm like, uh, I'm home. And they're like, and I'm like, I, you know. And then they showed me on the back of the October issue of Guitar World, Motley Crue was on the front. My favorite band that, growing up when I, I was a kid. Molly Crew, Molly Crew's on the front, and Zach Wilde and my name are on the back. And it says, "If your boss is a guitar hero, you may already be using Korg." That's a great tuners, ad. and it I love it. That's a great ad. And what was great is I'm like I called them up and I'm like, "Thank you, thank you so much," because I and I was sincerely. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, cool. Do you want uh, do you want a couple magazines with it on there?" You know, I'm like, "Yeah, if you can send me ma-. like." Two days later, I get like two giant boxes mm-hmm. of magazines with like the ad on there. I'm like, yeah, I'll never be able to do anything. <laughs> I got one for my mom, <laughs> one for my aunt Betty. <laughs> exactly. I've got. I, I still have the magazines in in boxes. I think I've only gone through. I gave away on that Monster Music signing. That's what I was signing. Yeah. And so you know what they said. We heard you were signing some some uh, magazines. Well, it's good for them. Wait, wait, of course. They said, you're signing some magazines. I'm like, yeah, man. And go, did, did you go through it? I'm like, yeah, I went through about a box. Yeah, three boxes show up, the ne- and, you know, like two days later, it's like three boxes of, and these boxes are heavy. And the posters were cool, too. Well, that, and that was it. And it, it became, uh, it's like, cool. I said, hey, would you like a poster? Um, you know, make, make, would you mind if we made a poster? I'm like, yeah, it's your company, man. You can do whatever you want. So they made a poster. I've got stacks of posters in my house, in my storage well, unit. There's a, a well, hey, this is a good story. We should get this on, on, on for, per, for perpetuity. You know, I knew of Fred, and I think Fred were, and I were in the same shows, and we probably crossed paths multiple times going back into the 90s. And I kept going, look at that ball. <laughs> <laughs> now, watch it. Uh, <laughs> but as I grew Boogie Street... Just basically, I was a huckster. I was buying and selling online and reselling and all that, but had that idea to design guitars and all that. And there was a guy that had a store here in Pittsburgh named Custom Shop Guitars. Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean and I hit it off pretty well. I mean, Sean was a different kind of guy. Sean, if you're out there, I hope you're still around. I hope you're doing well. But Sean was a different kind of guy. And Sean... Had a couple friends in there. Bill, hope you're doing well too. Bill's been a long time. Bill was and my neighbor. Bill were some. They were some what you would call some rowdy mother efforts. <laughs> yeah. So they had this habit. Now, now Sean was working with Washburn Guitars at the time. 
and he had a very unique relationship with them th that kind of he fell into, which I was a little envious of, you know, I have to tell you. And he was com he was being very specific on what kind of guitars he wanted Washburn to build him. And he had an idea to do a run of guitars. So he did that. And they, they came in, and I was very skeptical of Washburn at the time. They weren't my number one. I was a kind of a Gibson guy, Paul Reed Smith. And I guess that's where my money was being made when I was buying in the used market. Well, I grabbed these guitars off the wall, and Sean was showing them to me. And the workmanship was unbelievable. The finishes were like glass. And I'm like, how'd you step, you know. And Sean was a laid-back kind of guy. He loved being in business because... He liked to make money, but he also liked to spend money indiscriminately. <laughs> and generally, him, Bill, and that crew down there loved to go to the strip club. Don't know what strip club it was, but they loved to go. And the, he'd call me a couple of days later and go, hey, E, uh, yeah, man, you interested in buying any of this stuff on the wall, man? I'll give you a good deal. And he started selling me pieces at ridiculously low prices because he was going out and spending as much money as he was making, <laughs> he was making. at the strip club. <laughs> so, so basically, Boogie Street started because a guy really dug the strip clubs, spent a boatload of money there and needed to recoup it, and I just made good business decisions in that regard. Not it, was an, it was an opportunity, right. right? And then Sean ultimately closed down. I think he moved to Florida and, opened, and did another guitar business, which I heard was pretty darn successful. I lost touch with Bill. I loved Bill. Bill was my neighbor. I loved Bill, yeah. I've seen him for a while. Great, great, great guy. And heck of a guitar player, too. He was actually a guitar instructor there. He was a te teacher. But yeah. Custom Shop Guitars gave Boogie Street the opportunity yeah. to really go into the Washburn arrangement and yep. just from there it exploded but uh i remember when custom shop guitars moved to a different location and they had this really interesting store it was all chrome and glass <laughs> and that's where i did the in-stores at and that's when i came down and really like and, and fred was signing all this stuff and i believe when it was all done i kind of pulled you aside and said hey man I said, uh, I'm going to try to get this deal with Washburn. And, you know, I said, and I, didn't, I don't know if you really were believing what I was telling you, but I said, look, when it happens, you got to come around, man. You got to, like, be involved with this. You're like, hey, yeah, 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 whatever. And you totally forgot about it. And I made it happen. So months later, do you remember the first time you walked in? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So this is good to get on this, uh, on tape. So I, I got, I, Washburn agreed to my plan. I rented these office spaces. We started commissioning these amazing guitars. And I got a couple of them in. And at the time, I also was commissioning guitars with BC Rich, yeah. which was a company that was really in flux. They had a legendary company that then had been bought from the original owners and then moved to Cincinnati. And I had gone down there and tried to get them to give me stuff. And it was very odd because I was they were sending me guitars that were unfinished almost. Like, you know, uh, there, was, there was like frets that weren't finished. And so I must have ran into Fred at some point. Or I called him and said, hey, Fred, you know, Eric McKenna, you know, can you come over to my new location? Because I need this bass set up because I sold it. And I didn't know how to set up a bass, right? So Fred says, sure, I'll be over tomorrow at 1 on my way to work. So he, I'm, I'm in there and I have my two kids with me. i never forget this. And I had somebody else in there. Somebody maybe from the office building wandered in. He said it was a private office. Fred walked in the back door. Never looked at me. Walked over, looked around the office, and identified the bass, which was nuts. <laughs> this blue bass. Picks up the bass, looks at it, 
Ne- I'm again never acknowledged that I was even there. Walked right in, went over to a guitar amplifier, plugs it in, puts his leg up on the cabinet, and starts jamming on his face <laughs> at a high volume. And we were sharing this space with, with a radio station <laughs> with offices above us, like a mortgage company above us. And he, and I'm like, like I'm almost like, all right, number one, like, what the fuck you doing? Number two, you do realize that. Uh, there's offices here. And number three, how do you know that's the base I'm referring to? <laughs> Turns out he was right. He laughed, and then he fixed his base, and I went to pay him. He goes, ah, we're good. And he leaves. He literally just scoots out. And I'm like, ah, that's something. So I run out, and I grab him for the car. I said, hey, Fred, uh, you know, I got more in here, man. If I give you this extra key, I trust you. Would you come in and set up these guitars for me? He goes, yeah, okay, man, I'll do it. Now, he didn't tell me when or how it's going to be done. So I go away for a weekend, and I come back, and, and the road box was here. <laughs> there was there was iced teas over here, a couple <laughs> cases of beer over here, and a mini fridge <laughs> in the middle of my office space. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he just fucking moved in. I never left. And the rest is history. Is that pretty much how you remember it? I just, they were all done, too. <laughs> I fixed them all. But it was so cryptic. You just kind of, I mean, you, you know, you're a great, and the funny part is you're a great communicator, so you had to have been fucking with me because you're a great communicator, well, yeah. but you were so, like, so cryptic. And, it, and I was so unsettled by it completely. But, yeah, it, it was a start of an amazing friendship and an amazing business relationship. Cheers. Salute. Oh, fifth, and look, I'm still for here. Fifth, for and 50, the robots are still here. Well, and I, and you come in here. I know. It, I know it means a lot to you because you had a ta- you had a an input on most of the designs in here, and all of these you had your hands on at one point in time too. Yep. So it's uh, yeah. Don't that, uh, me around. I did them all. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and we it's funny because we we struggled at times with Washburn getting them to see our way once in a while especially with with hardware and tremolos and all the things that fred would just like you know the screws are the wrong screws are in here wrong (laughs) screws are in and there we had a floyd rose problem or something and what was that all about do you remember what that was yeah they were putting uh here i'll take some of those they were putting aluminum oh yeah and they were and they were too soft or something yeah (laughs) so you tighten it a couple times and next thing you know you can't Strip use it, it anymore. But for and the most part, Washburn was amazing. You got him, and you oh, were skeptical too when you because oh, yeah. you did not have a great opinion no, of them before we guy. started working. For I was a, I was a Gibson guy, and I you know BC Rich guy too. Mm-hmm. Although those BC Riches were pretty poor, then I, I didn't continue the relationship because they nice, were so poor. Yeah. You know, because you're like, dude. The frets aren't even finished. The fret ends will cut your fingers on this base. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Literally cut your fingers playing this thing. Yeah. But that's kind of, and I wanted to get that out because that's, that's, I get asked that question a lot. Like, how did, how did you two guys get together? How did it all start? And we didn't know, in all honesty, when we got that Washburn deal, did you really think it was going to go like that? No, what but I was happened? happy. I was just like, yeah, you know it what? Was, it was, and you would go away for periods of time on tour. And I would talk to Fred once, twice a week, and I'd say, look, you know, and we didn't have video cameras or video uh, FaceTime and all that stuff, but I would say, Fred, I got like like 150 guitars here, man. And then the next year, I was like, dude, I got like 450 guitars, and you were like, what? I got, I got 450 <laughs> guitars in, because we were ordering runs. Yep. and We are making uh, our own runs. 
yeah custom runs yeah it's, crazy yeah, crazy stuff good 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 era and we hit it right the guitar was still the guitar was still relevant with kids at that time yeah um i don't know what's going on now are, are kids playing guitar anymore yeah and you know what's funny is is there still starting... are they buying guitars mm. <sighs> we'd make another killing i think if we could, if we could come in with a little with our our shapes and stuff like that i think we could i'm a little uh, old but the thing is, kids are shredding again, and like these, if like the Parker over there, and, and they're 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 learning how to play. I went and saw some bands the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, there was this there was this band, and they were a local Pittsburgh band. And there's a street near my house, so it's this old dirt road where like you know you had this guy hatchet jack that cut up his family when he you know no, when he I'm guessing there's no street lights. <laughs> there's no street lights out in the country. It's like this old dilapidated farmhouse and he used to go up there to try to catch a glimpse of hatchet jack because they let him out of the mental institute. Hatchet Jack. Yeah, we were kids, you know what I mean? And so supposedly this, you know, this guy hatchet jack and you go up on his old farm, you try to sneak up there and it's on Han Drive. And uh you go up there and it's like, and you saw somebody like one time, and you just you didn't you didn't even stick around. You were a kid, you know. You're just getting your car. You're like 16 awesome. years old, and you're running down over the hill, you know. It's awesome. That's went, awesome, though. But I went and saw this band, and uh, their name was Han Drive, and I'm like, oh my god, they have to live by wait, me. Wait, the name was what? The ba- name of the band was Han Drive. Han, and that's, Drive. Where, that's where this Hatchet Jack lived. And so I'm like, oh my god, they have. Maybe to be. he was in the band. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, that's my uncle. Yeah, <laughs> my uncle Jack. But. Uh, but so I, uh, so I went and talked to him. I said, "Hey, you, uh, you guys from uh, right?" You know, so, and, but I'll tell you what; these kids gave me goosebumps playing, and it was like so cool to see young kids. They're probably in their in their twenties, you know, uh, early twenties. Uh, my daughter's age, uh-huh. so they're about twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. But they could actually play, and they they were singing, they were playing, they had harmonies, they had character. But it actually made me feel good to see young people playing and playing well. Uh, they played all originals, which mm-hmm. were killer originals, and they played one cover. Mm-hmm. And I was outside talking to somebody, and I just went, yeah, I got to go. And because they played Ace of Spades, oh like I'd God. never heard it played before. And I'm like, this is incredible. And they were kids, and they had fun doing it. And uh, so they're an up-and-coming Pittsburgh band. Uh they were they were fan. It turns out I met the kid, the drummer, years and years and years ago. Uh, when he was, he said he was a guitar player in this other band. I talked to him like years ago. It was like really cool, man. I mean, yeah, cool, Cody. You know, that's it, it's, it's uh, good to meet you. You know, good to see you again. But these guys were, and in, in that respect, they were multi instrumentalists. This guy was a shredding guitar player. Now he's a shredding drummer. So mm-hmm. you know, so the musicianship is starting to come back. It me, yeah, and um. When Tony McAlpine was here, um, and uh, Emil Wurstler was here, and, and, and Josiah, um, one of the things they exposed me to, at least their theory or their observations, was that there's a lot of uh, progressive style bands where the where there's absolutely no care or no attention paid to their image. It literally is yeah. about we're going up there. And we're going to shred and play some really intricate and powerful and, and exactly. really impressive music. Yep. And that's all they care about. They literally, the whole rock star thing yep. on, with most of them now is lost. It's just not that the stick of being a rock star isn't what motivates them. It's really about 
putting amazing music out there. Exactly. And that's an adjustment for me as a music appreciator, but I like it. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's what, they, that's what all these bands were. They were all bands. Uh, they were progressive. Some were older, some were younger. Uh, but it was like four different bands, but I'd, I'd call them progressive. But the headliner was a, a local Pittsburgh band as well. And uh, they were very very cool everybody had like a different style but mm -hmm. they could all play and they were like older guys middle you know 30 somethings 20 somethings and it, it was really really cool but that's just it they went up and nobody cared about looking like a rock star you go up and you play mm -hmm. and that's what you get thrown out you know the uh but uh, you've been out with dream theater so we didn't really get into this because um, you know we this with Fred's podcast we cover everything and we'll cover some different topics tonight. But generally, we really we really concentrate on stories because they're funny. As you've you've encountered the most bizarre things imaginable. But <laughs> but since we're on the music topic tonight for a little while, um, you went out with Dream Theater, and that band would be kind of like a left turn for you compared to all of the other bands you've done. And you're not that you. You've always said you weren't the biggest progressive fan. Rush was never a thing for you. Ru yes was never a thing for you. So <laughs> I kind of get it to some degree, but obviously Dream Theater somehow married yeah. the, the and mainstream progressive music while maintaining a, still an element of image. Yeah. You know, because they've all got their own personas. Yep. And, and But but that's not the number one thing. Like John no, Petrucci, Mike, uh, you know, Mangini, my young, those, those guys, they, they're they cool and they dress cool and they and they, and they, they move around on stage. I get all of that. But their image as, as uh, rock stars or metal stars is completely secondary yeah. to their music. They're they're musicians so first. How, how, so talk a little bit about how that was different for you from your. Uh, no, no, no. Zach was a musician too, but yeah. let's face it, there was an image there. Yeah, there had to be. I mean, so, he's, he's, he was a rock star so when he was a kid. I, yeah. Absolutely. So, how, what kind of adjustment did you see? A difference in the fans? Did you see a difference in the way the band conducted <laughs> yeah. themselves? Oh, so a big difference in the fans. Okay. All men. <laughs> welcome all to the, musicians. Welcome to Rush too. <laughs> yeah. So they were they were all musicians. Uh, no, the uh, these guys were great, and I'll tell you what, they were down to earth, and all they... that surprised you at all, because like, you know what you were going into, right? I knew what I was getting into. Uh, I didn't expect anything bad, you know, but I knew that they played, and and I, you know, and I did John. I love that guy. I learned so much from just watching him run an exercise you know this guy ran exercises and i'm like i've got to try that and my hand got and it was you know your dexterity and your speed it, it, it's a whole different ball game now I bet. I and the bet. thing was is i was practicing on his basis and he likes a higher action whereas i'm mr low base and i could back in the day I used really to get, yeah i used to be able to sweep and everything else oh, yeah i remember i remember and uh he does all that on a higher action so now I'm playing with a higher action, and my fingers are working harder, and my left hand technique got a little bit mm -hmm. better, well, you certainly. know. Certainly, and uh, you know, and uh, so, but just watching these guys and, and talking to them, and they're the nicest guys mm -hmm. in the world. Say, like, hey, I'm going down to you know Five Guys. There's a Five Guys in town, <laughs> you know. And, you know, you know, I'd say let's meet at Five Guys, you know, and. Uh, but that's a, they're like a machine. They run. I mean, they're pretty much very professional. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. They, they, they. You know, they, they were 
professionals all the way around. They got on stage. And, you know... Uh, had fun. Yeah, they had fun. And they threw down. But they played every night. And they, and they, they delivered every night. It was amazing to watch mm. Mangini play. And then he comes off the stage and he's the nicest cat in the world. You know, mm. and you're hanging out with him. And he goes, hey, you want to get a beer? You know, hey, you want you know, a glass of wine? Uh, but you don't drink. But I don't drink, no. And uh, so I always had to turn him down and I was the first one in my bunk. Actually, you know what's messed up? And that's the truth. I was the first one in my bunk. Uh-huh. I am the first one in, in my bunk on these tours... And that started with TSO. You're and getting it, a little older now, Fred. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm I, and I, I, you know, I, I'm trying to shake that image of a bad boy. Oh, I can see you're, you're, <laughs> you're putting quite an effort in there. But there, but there, other audiences were different. The the yeah. whole vibe was different. It yeah, was I more mean, about the. It was obviously all about more the of the music. Yep, I played like <laughs> ten songs in ninety minutes. And that's with talking, you know. And it's just like, so they're long songs, and they're they're intricate instrumentals. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. With you know, but there's lyrics with the stuff too. But like, you could hear the different. Uh, I don't even know how I want to say it. Different parts of a song. Well, different, different time. There's a lot. Of, they have they're like the time Rush signatures. Yeah, t- they change. Yeah, mid song. I mean, somebody's playing in like you know. I don't know. I'm going to make something up. I don't. Even, I'm not a musician. I I just play. You know, it's like. 1611 time it's yeah. like what the hell you, what seven the, thirds you know, seven like, fourths like, what the hell is this you know well He's you playing, count it like this <laughs> and petrucci's like solely in, in the mixolydian mode yeah. or the hungarian minor mode or whatever it was and it'll change it up to the mixolydian mode well, i don't know what i'm talking exactly, about exactly man but, and it's just like we're sitting there going <laughs> yeah i know the a note <laughs> <laughs> is it most rock and roll in the, in the key of a anyways <laughs> That's just fascinating because you've seen, I mean, you were shined down. And when I say tremendous songs, they were musicians. I'm not discrediting their their musicians at all, but they also probably partied and enjoyed being rock stars. That was part of the whole thing for them. Whereas I don't know if Dream Theater, that was part of it for them. All that's behind them. I guess they did it one time, but it's focus on playing and you know they're up there but not the best show they can playing yeah exactly and perfectionist huh? and you know what and that's kind of what's happening to me i'm out there giving you the best setup but yeah i had fun with zach i had yeah i had fun with shine down and, and allison change mm-hmm. but those guys are and all megadeth. sober now and, and yeah they're sober now too you know and early and, megadeth early in your career the early years of megadeth for you were a little out there uh yeah yeah me and me and jamo would hang out you know and uh I loved him, man. That's that, he's that's my favorite cat to go out on the road, James Lomenzo, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a we had a blast, man. And uh, <laughs> we had a he and I got I was in a particularly foul mood one time. I don't even I, I don't even want to tell this story. Of but course the, you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it. Drink that beer, darn it. I'm gonna keep it safe. Open that. Open that up for me. I'm gonna keep it safe. But uh. What is safe on this show? Well, so (laughs) James and I were having a particularly rough day at Soundcheck. Now, wait, wait, wait. When he was with what band? He was with Megadeth. Okay. But you also had had him in... uh, Black Label. Yeah, Yeah. Black Label Society. So so me and James are sitting there, and we're having a really bad Soundcheck, and just shit's flying my way. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And it's just like, you know what? I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And James looks at me and he goes, let's do it the way we used to do it in Black Label. I'm like, 
Black Label style. You know, like, 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 like <laughs> you, we were on that connection. Exactly. We'd be so proud. And we looked at each other, and, I, and the rest of the band and everybody's going off, you know, back to the dressing rooms. Me and JMO looked at each other and just jumped off the front of the stage, walked out the arena. Through the crowd. Through the, through, well, there was no crowd yet. They, oh. they, were, they were outside because it's closed. Out the arena, out the front doors, through the crowd. And everybody's going, wow, hey, James, man, man. Oh, yeah, hey, you know, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. We found the first <laughs> bar on that street. This is in, like, Iowa or some Des Moines, Iowa. Found the first bar on the street, and we went and got drunk. Or we went, I, we didn't get drunk. <laughs> we started drinking. We started drinking. And uh, he's like, man, he goes, yeah, I know, you're having a bad day, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And because uh, then everything was 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 rosy and peachy back then with me and Megadeth, and uh, so me and Lomenzo were sitting there, and he's got sunglasses on. We're sitting in this bar, you know, like nobody's going to notice us. It's like it's like me uh, and you Zach, two, you like, two like, guys. Like, when me and Zach were back in the day, sitting there in a bar with you our black guys. label shit on. Some guy, like, nobody, well, some guy thought nobody's going to recognize. Us. Yeah, you know, <laughs> nobody's going to notice us. So we're so we're sitting there, and uh, so me and James are sitting there, and you know, we're at the first bar outside the venue we could find. So of course, there's fans in there, and they know exactly who the hell he is, and they know exactly who the hell I am. So we're sitting there drinking, and they're sending us drinks. This sounds familiar. <laughs> they're sending us drinks, and we're getting drunk. And I'm sitting there, before and I'm watching. The show. I'm watching. Yeah, this is before the show. We, you know, that's a, that was a no-no. Megadeth was a dry tour, and so we're sitting there, and it's a oh, no- bullshit. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a dry tour. You weren't allowed to drink. And me and James were like sitting there going, and that's why we said we're going to do this black label. So we jump off, and we go to the bar, and we're sitting, <laughs> we're sitting there. And I'm watching the Steelers get their ass beat by the Oakland Raiders. I'm going, and this guy's heckling, "Fucking Steelers suck!" And I'm sitting in the corner. And I'm like going, oh. and I'm, I'm James. James is like, easy now. I'm gonna, fucking, I'm gonna kill him, James. I'm gonna kill him. Now there, there's there's a part of this story that I should probably back up to. I should have started with this. At the end of the show that night, these two fans come up and say, that guy shit his pants. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought they wanted guitar picks. They're going, come here, come here. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't got any picks. He goes, no, no, come here. Come here, we got to talk to you. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm walking over. You wanted a story. Here's a story. I got it. I go walking over and... uh. I go, I don't got any picks, guys. Sorry. And he goes, no, man, that guy shit his pants. I'm like, what? What guy? I'm like, what are you talking about? And the guy goes, I told you he wouldn't remember. He goes, dude, you scared that guy so bad he shit his pants. The the guy that was heartburn on the Steelers. Now I got to go back into the story. So evidently. What did you say to him? (laughs) Now we fast, we digress to the bar. So I'm sitting there and it's well drinks. Mm-hmm. And it's like two dollar two dollar well drinks, and it's happy hour from like four <laughs> to seven. We go on at like nine. So me and James are sitting there. And James is like, "Oh, I'll just have another beer." I'm like, "Yeah, bring me uh, bring me four double vodkas." Or, yeah, okay, just bring them. And she would be like, "I can only give you two at a time," you know. She give me one. I'm like, "All right, bring another one." 
And so, and James is like, you probably should slow down. I'm like, I'm in a mood, James. I'm a professional drinker. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> professional. Ha, ha, ha. Look at that. He fucking, they, they tackled him, sacked again. Go Raiders. Now, were you wearing any Steeler paraphernalia? Nothing. Like I'm hat? in. I'm, I'm, oh, so he does not know at this time you're from Pittsburgh. I'm mad. And he's just, he's just hackling the Steelers. Like, ah, you guys suck. And I'm sitting there going. James is like, come on, just just ignore him. Just, I mean, he was like being blatant about it. So I finally get up. I shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, I'm all mad. The guys are like, ah, fuck you. You a Steeler fan? I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking. I'll fucking come over there and fuck you. And he's like, ah, you guys are getting your ass beat. Fucking, you suck. And he's sitting there. He goes, he goes, I'm a Raiders fan. He goes, you, I, you don't know how long I've waited for this. He was immaculate reception. Was you know robbery and shit like. I'm like, you know what? That's it. Talking about the immaculate reception now. I'm gonna come over and kick you out. So he's over there. He's happy. Don't with fuck me. with Franco. So yeah. So now the fans are like, the fans are like, hey man, cool. You know, let me buy you a drink. And it's just like, yeah, you know what? A drink. Use another drink, and so I'm in the bag, and I'm like, and he's the Steelers lose, and this guy's like, in your face, fucker!" You know, he's like sitting there, like across the, he's on the corner, he's like the obnoxious Steeler fan, you know, picking on a Browns fan, but this guy's he he's getting me, and James is like, "Come on!" And James only like five two, you know what I mean? He's like ninety five pounds, you know, he's a little spinner. But uh sorry James. But uh <laughs> <laughs> No he's not James. <laughs> but uh so uh this guy and James is like, come on. And he's like he's actually getting physical with me now. Come on, leave the guy, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go fucking kill him, James. I'm gonna go kill that guy. I'm gonna go beat his ass. He's talking about the Steelers, man. James is like, No, you're not gonna do that. I'm like, All right. So the fans are buying me drinks and the fans are like, Man, that guy's really giving you a hard time. Are you gonna go kick his ass? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> James is like, look, don't do anything dumb. I'm like, all right, cool. I said, James, he goes, you. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I was gonna go over and yell at him, but I'm not gonna do anything dumb. And the fans are like, man, that guy, he just won't shut up. He's just all over you. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and ignore him. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm just going to sit here and not listen to them. Ah, Steelers suck. Yep. All right. And I look, and James is talking, and these two other fans, he's doing pictures. I'm like, I look over, and the guy goes to the bathroom. Okay. I'm like, look at James. I'm like, so I start walking this way. I walk all the way around. I go into the bathroom. Um, I don't. I wouldn't hurt a flea, man. Right, you know right, I mean? right. But, but you look a little menacing. But I look scary. You know, you, you look, do. Yeah, you know, it's probably this jacket too. And uh, so I go, and the guy, the guy's in the in the bathroom, and he's standing there. I kick the door open, <laughs> and the guy turns around. He, he's he's not even. He's not even ready to to, to pitch yet. You know. And I go walking in there, and I've got him. I said. You say one more thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'll kick your ass right here where you stand. <laughs> the guy goes, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm telling you. <laughs> and and I, you know, I, I'm sitting there like, you know, I'm like looking at all menacing. And uh, the, well, the other two guys, they come in and they go, oh, he's going to kick his ass. He's going to kick his ass. And they come running in the bathroom. And they say, I've got him against the thing. And the guy's like, yes, I'm not touching him, but I've got my finger down his face. I said, I'll fucking fucking kill you right here you said one more thing about the Steelers and the guy shit his pants 
And they thought that was the funniest thing hey, in the world. Did you know he was shit? No, his I didn't know he was shit his pants. I don't even remember this. That's what this is where it happens. I there's been times, yes, there has been times where I've blacked out and forgotten everything. That's where everybody says that's never happened. So I don't remember any of this. And I don't remember anything. Was the guy going to the show? I don't remember anything until oh. 10 songs into a 17-song set when Chris Broderick goes, oh, you finally got a punch right, idiot. He goes, you're starting to sober up. I'm like, what the fuck, Chris? These songs out of order? He goes, no. He goes, oh, you are sober now. And Chris is the nicest guy in the world. He goes, welcome back to the show. And uh, I go, what the fuck, man? And he goes, he goes, he goes, man, you're wasted. And I'm like, holy shit. I realized I was fucking blacked out. I was blacked out for hours. I was blacked out for fucking hours. And uh, and I'm in the show, and I'm doing the punches. And I'm like, where the fuck are my ears? I can't hear anything, because we're all on in-ears, and I don't have my in-ears. You put them on. And I'm looking for in-ears, and I'm like, what the fuck? Chris goes, Chris goes just, you know, just hang in there. It's okay. Because he's the nicest guy in the world. He's like, it's okay. He goes, it's actually kind of funny. I'm like... I'm like, well, he goes, oh, dude, you're in so much shit. I'm like, why, what? what? I'm like, what the <laughs> so these kids come up to me after the show and go, oh, man, you know, that guy shit his pants. I'm like, what the hell? And they proceed to tell me everything that just happens. And they said, we watched you. James was holding you, trying to keep, and you're like, I'm going to go beat his ass. And you kept saying, I'm just going to fucking beat his ass. We're talking about the Steelers. And they said, we watched you. And you're like, they said, James started taking pictures and talking to somebody. And as soon as he turned his back, you went, and you snuck around and like he's gonna go get him he said and they said they come running in there and they said i just i didn't touch him right they said i was sitting there like i'll fucking beat your ass right and they said he shit his pants so typical raiders fan here we go sorry jamo's side of the story says well yeah when uh when you were in there and we're gonna kill that guy and we said yeah we probably should go now (laughs) james said now i don't know if anybody's ever seen me drunk but I have. <laughs> I can't walk a straight line. I walk diagonal. That's pretty normal, typically for you. <laughs> well, James. You got a James gait. said, James, who's ninety-five pounds to my two hundred, said that he had to turn me physically sideways. So I was just ranting and raving. Oh, really? About down the street about how the Steelers got robbed. Blah 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 blah. blah. It sucks. Blah blah. And he said, I was walking in the traffic. And I just was like, and he turned me diagonal, and I'd walk down the sidewalk, show you over a little bit. And he's like, it's like a car out of alignment. You take your hands off the wheel and it's drifting. He said, he, but we went back in the same way. And I don't remember. Front door. I don't remember any of this stuff. Evidently, oh man, I can't tell that part of it. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> evidently. Yes, I, I can. can't. No, I can't. Yes, you can. I, I can tell everything else, but but this part because it's it's, it's kind of bad. But uh, <laughs> kind of, I, I flipped off a bunch of people that I shouldn't have, and instead of getting mad, they laughed at me. And I'm not going to name names. Thank goodness. Yeah, they and they said, "Did you flip off Dave Mustaine?" Ah, uh, that might be one of the names. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember doing it. But they said they said he laughed. He goes, he goes, he goes. I like you because you're funny, Dave Elveson. No, when Elson wasn't a band, it was Lomenzo then. Wow. Uh, oh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not. Right. I'm not going to confirm or deny that it was Mustaine. But uh, 
I'm not going to confirm or deny that. But uh, <laughs> he said, uh, he said, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes you make me laugh, you know? And uh, so uh, evidently I'm hammered. And James is hammered and he's got his sunglasses on and he won't take his sunglasses. It's a no drinking tour. So we're both up there. How could that be possible? So we're up there, and this was this at this point in time. I was on Broderick's side of the stage doing stage left, and Lomenzo was on stage right. So I had to go over to stage right, and that's where Willie G's part of the story says, "I'm out there and I'm looking," and I'm like, "One, what the hell's James dra- dragging around behind him?" He goes, "He's dragging some kind of string around behind him," and I take a look, and I'm like, "Wait a second, that looks like a set of in ears." James, you lost your in-ears. You're so drunk, you lost your in-ears. And James is like, I got my in-ears. He goes, where did these in-ears come from? And they've got the big Pittsburgh Steeler logos uh, on them. Shit. It's like, oh, these must be Freddy's in-ears. And he said, Willie comes over and he says, I'm sick. Oh, sorry, I got to take it back. I take it back. I got to go back up a list. This is before the, the thing. We had this guy, Scott, and we had a brand new uh, audio engineer. Uh, and he's sitting there and he goes, to, to our, our, our monitor engineer, he goes, the system tech goes to Scott. He goes, I think Freddie's fucked up. He's not going to make it to the show. And he said, they look over and I'm going, <laughs> trying to plug in a cable. And I'm going like this. And Scott says, Scott says, he looks, he looks, and he goes, I go, boom. He said, you just fall flat on your face. Didn't even put your hands out. He goes, you're laying on the floor. And the guy goes, oh, my God. He goes, he goes he's never going to be able to make it. And Scott goes, nah. He's a professional. As soon as the music starts, he'll be fine. And this guy Brian's like, I don't know, man. They said he fucking somebody comes over, rolls me over, and I'm like, picks me up, and I'm like, I get it in. He said I'm like wandering around. That's when the band comes up, and that's when I I, I start flipping everybody off. But uh, so Willie comes over with my in ears, and he goes, How can you be doing your punches with no in ears? How can you hear what's going on? And I'm like, Mr. Stone sober, Willie. Yeah, Mr. Stone sober. He's, Oh, you're fucked up again. You know so. <laughs> Yeah, like 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 ten to- ten songs into a seventeen song set, I finally started getting the punches right because I didn't have some all messed up. But yeah, so there's that's a, that's a that's a silly off the cuff story that I haven't told in in years. But it just something reminded me of it and it, it made me laugh. And but, your love for your hometown team. Oh, and that's what it is. It's, it's the love for my hometown team, man. I mean, it's it, everything. Don't fuck with the Steelers. Oh, dude, everything. My robots are Steelers. My buddy Ed, he sends me Steelers stuff. Skeeter sends me. My buddy Skeeter sends me Steelers stuff. Uh, my buddy Lou sends me. St- There's like Steeler fans that I know from like all over the country, and it's like you go in there. My my box has got Steeler stuff on it. You know, mm. I go into Baltimore, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I put the towel up. You know, and that's. <laughs> we did with jason that's what we would do with shinedown wherever we played poor jason man he'd be out there playing he'd turn around there's a terrible towel hanging on his road box in baltimore or on his amplifier or his speakers in baltimore you know it's like all all steelers doubt you know and he's like i was wondering why they were throwing stuff at me you asshole you know and you go into cincinnati like when cincinnati was like good but the steelers would always beat him in the playoffs you know it'd be like a giant steelers emblem in, in like different colored gaff tape on his cab. He's like, oh, man. You know, he'd take a turn around and he'd be like, he'd make a shit on his, you know, it's all the time, man. And, uh, you know, you go into Cleveland and there's, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, people always go, why do you, why do you dick on Baltimore and, and, and Cleveland? And there's a reason why. They're the AFC North. That's the teams we play. They're like, oh, man, we just thought you hated. No, no, no. I hate them because they play football, you know? It's just, yeah. It's one of the things. So that's, that's why these guys, that's, 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 
That is why those are the cities I always pick. Well, didn't Zach, uh, being a big baseball fan, he loved the Yankees naturally, mm-hmm. but but didn't he also have a lot of respect for the Steelers? Jack, oh, Lam- Jack, Jack Lambert. Lambert. Yeah. Jack Lambert. Dude, fucking Jack Lambert, bro. <laughs> fucking that's, that guy could fucking play fucking football, man. The fucking best middle fucking linebacker there ever fucking was in a fucking game of fucking football. Fucking 158 fucking pounds this fucking guy was. No, he wasn't. You're doing fucking 158 fucking pounds. <laughs> Actually, he's a game warden or something back in the day. Guy, he, he, yeah, yeah, he, um, Jack, if you're listening, probably not, but if, if you one are, we'd love to have you on this show. Yeah, come on down. Childhood hero. Out of the woods. <laughs> love to have you on this show. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, my dad saw him one day, I guess, when he, uh, up at fishing. And, uh, you know, he just, you know, he was just game warden and, you know, just, and they were talking and my dad's buddy was, oh my God, you know who that was? My dad's like, no, was, that's Jack Lambert. My dad's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and my dad was a Steeler fan too. You know, he's like, really? That was Jack Lambert, you know, because I guess, you know, he was a, he was a badass ball player. Well, but in all your travels though, isn't there a lot of, there's a, a, a shit ton of Steeler fans across the country. Oh yeah. Everywhere. Bars everywhere. Uh, this is like. You're getting stories. You want stories. Bars everywhere. I mean, like, right? I'm in. I am in Sydney, Australia. I'd like to have a little more popcorn first, sir. More popcorn, please. I'm in Sydney, Australia. I'm in a subway. Wait, Sydney, Australia? I'm in Sydney, Australia. I'm in a subway eat fresh hoagie store. There's subway stores in Australia. There's subway stores everywhere. All right. So I'm, I'm in subway, and I've got my back to the door and to the counter, and I'm talking to somebody. Thank you, sir. And I'm sitting there, and I hear, "Hey, can I get a cold cut combo on uh, on wheat, uh, easy on mayo, and uh, some extra tomatoes and some lettuce on that?" And I'm like, I didn't even look up. I'm like, "You're from Pittsburgh?" And I, I just said it loud. I just I wasn't even looking. I was looking straight ahead. Like, "You're from Pittsburgh?" Guy goes, "How'd you know?" And I turn around. He's got like a Palomalu <laughs> shirt on. He's got like a Troy Palomalu shirt on. And he's like in Australia. He's like, oh, "We love Steelers down here." I'm like, "You sound like you're from fucking Pittsburgh." He was from Pittsburgh, but he had moved down there. But it was just like, "Wow, man." Yeah, they're everywhere. You go out to L.A., man. That that Chargers game the other day. My God, all the style. There's, there's like 80% Steelers fans. But you go down there in, in San Diego and you see Steelers stuff, Penguin stuff everywhere. Because everybody leaves. They go out to these places. Okay. And then you have like Steeler bars like in Long Long Beach and shit like that. It's fucking you awesome. You been to them? Oh, yeah. I've been to all these places, man. I go. I, 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 there's a Steeler bar in Baltimore. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. The, in Baltimore? In Baltimore. In Baltimore. And so, I mean, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. But there wouldn't be a Baltimore Ravens bar No, you wouldn't find one anywhere. One of those rat birds. Fucking bronze. You can imagine a brown bar somewhere. Browns. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, I had to laugh. You know, it's like, I, I'll go there. They, they they spend some money, get this, you know, they have this, this hotshot quarterback, and they got, uh, what's his name, the wide receiver, Beckham or not Beckham or yeah. whatever, it is, whatever it is. I get it. You know, they spend some money. But and they guarantee this, you know, guarantee the playoff, and they're like, they're failing. I mean, come on. Well, look at us, bro. I hope we get it. Well, <laughs> we yeah. always say we're gonna have a good week this week. Let's see what happens. Those, those are the ones that we lose. But we've already won. See, this team has never won anything. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Uh huh. Hey, brown, brown. I feel I have some very nice friends from Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for them, and they're all football fans, and they're dying yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. So I still go into these places with my terrible towel hanging, my Steeler stuff hanging in my box. Oh, yeah. That's the best ever. Megadeth's drummer, Sean Drover, was a big Steeler fan. And so, I mean, we still, to this day, we still 
Right. It's Steeler Day, you know. Jerry Cantrell, Steeler fan. Really? Jerry oh, is. Jerry lived in Finleyville, not too far out here when he was a kid. And uh Really? Uh, yeah, that's why he was a Steeler fan. And uh so he was at, you know, he he grew up here with in the heyday of the Super Bowl stuff. So, you know, back when they were good. And uh but I remember one day our our NFL our, our satellite went out on our bus and we had the NFL package. He goes, You wanna watch a game? I'm like, I gotta do load in. He goes, You wanna watch a game? I'm like, Yeah, actually. <laughs> I go put the put the uh, satellites out. He goes, We'll fix it. <laughs> he walks on Velvet Revolver's crew bus. He goes, yeah, we need to, we need to go to your back lounge real quick. And the guy goes back in the back lounge. All right, everybody out. We're watching the game. <laughs> you guys got NFL NFL package, so we watched the Steeler game on Velvet Revolver. But because yeah, you know you can go with. If I would went by myself, I'm like fuck you. You go with Jerry. Jerry's like, hey, can we watch the game? Yeah, yeah, man, no problem. No one says no one says no to Jerry. <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna say no. So he and I watched the game. Really, how much do you really have to do? It's Mikey. Come on. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I guess you could dude. wait a day. And you, I mean, you, but you toured. The one thing about your schedule was you just didn't never seem to turn work down. I mean, you were touring no, I, year yeah. round, man. You know, so you've also been with, with Black Label. You spent time in Europe on some rather shitty tour buses, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had this one. It was the um, Folsom Prison. We, we, Folsom we, Prison. We we wrote <laughs> Folsom Prison on the side of the bus. You wrote it. <laughs> It was just great. Wait, as you're traveling through Europe? Oh, yeah. We wrote, we wrote Folsom, Folsom County Prison on the side of the bus. Oh, my God. In, in tape, in big black gaff letters. It was We got the marshal, and they saw us pull up to the gate. And first thing, those guys, like Joel and those guys, are like, and Bocott, they're like, I suppose you need some laundry done. Would you like some marshal shirts? And could we get these guys some food? <laughs> we looked. It was it was one of those. It was the last available bus in Europe. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I was vaguely familiar with Nick's. Nick had told me some horror stories about the quality of the buses oh, on a couple God. of those tours. These guys would in late. Europe. To, they would late wait till the last minute to book these buses. Like like people are like booking buses for next year right now, and it's 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 October. Was right there now. a bus that you had? I was told it was like a 1984, and the air conditioning didn't work or something like that. See, when those guys, when I wasn't with them, when I when I came home right after Rockstar. That's what their bus kept breaking down, and it was some old. So you missed the good tour. I, there. I missed all the good shit. You know, I missed all that. But I was soon back. I, I was back like two months later. You know, a month and a half later. After that, but uh, and the bus was a better bus. But, did, you ever, uh, did you ever bus through any parts of like South America? No, you fly for places like like some Rio to like Sao Paulo. Yeah, you fly. It's all flying, man. What about Mexico? Distances are too big. Uh, yeah, we fly through there. We never rode a bus down there. Oh, Canada, Canada, you take a bus. You take a bus through Canada. It's uh, because your 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 cities are the like Toronto, Ottawa, stuff like that. They're, they're, Are fans more polite there. It shows. Canada, in, in Canada. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, they are, man. I actually like going places like that, man. You know, in like England, you know, it's, it's just what's like the, what's the differences? Ah. Uh, they're just they just they're well let me ask you this polite question. people well, let me ask you this question so we talked last uh last podcast a little bit about mosh pits mm-hmm. and the ferocious nature of some mosh pits and so forth is the mosh pit still a thing over in europe mosh pits are giant in europe because you're talking festival size mosh pits you're talking giant 
you know, the 100 foot, 200 foot, you know, like a half a football field of mosh. There's dust that comes up over there off the ground, man. Your stuff's covered in dust from like mosh pits. South America, brutal mosh pits. These guys, they get into their metal, man. So it's a little more terrifying. Oh, it's there. a little more terrifying. But again, you fell down. Let me help you up. I just can't wrap my head around that. We're metalheads. We're not. We're not. Look at us. We may look terrifying. You're the guy that broke someone's legs, maybe, in a mosh pit. <laughs> she shouldn't have been laying on the floor. <laughs> I actually just watched that episode the other day because I was trying to freshen up one. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't even believe I told that story. I always felt bad about that. And I don't know if I did it, or, but I know that I felt, felt a, a I felt a give. And I'm like, oh, man. So I just watched a which I thought was great, but I just watched a 2000, I want to say 2009, it could have been 2008, um, video concert produced by Julian Temple, I think, because he's a famous famous uh, live producer, video producer, you know, MTV video producer. Julian Temple, he recorded the Sex Pistols reunion tour of that. 08 or 09. Yeah. And... I think he took the th five nights in London, the five solid nights, and he remixed them all together. But the crowd in that show was so over-the-top insane. They didn't show a mosh pit. They didn't show any of that stuff, but they were on top of each other, yeah. losing their mind. Now, again, it's a punk rock band, a legendary punk rock band, different kind of audience, Bones in their noses, you know, pogs in their ears, you know, spiked hair and eclectic audience because you'd have that and the person next to them would be coming from work with a three piece suit on. Mm -hmm. Very, but but the crowd energy, the way it was filmed at least, was very over the top. And I wondered if that was a representative of was it was that enhanced by the. Uh, uh, the cinematography, or was that really how it was? It probably was and really how does that? How, I mean, how does that kind of imagery uh, translate to metal? Is it kind of the same thing? It is the same thing. I mean, you know what's funny is is we were watching. Uh, I was watching the, that Queen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody last. Okay. Week. Okay. There's nothing like playing a, a stadium and i mean even even for me you know i'm a tech so you like it then yeah I the, love you it. like the bigger audiences dude it gives you goosebumps uh to hear these people sing along to see them mosh out there uh they bounce overseas they bounce too. yeah and you can feel it that's the thing it's a little unsettling you can, to watch you can though feel the energy you can feel that stage move and you're like you really think this thing's gonna come up? and i'm just a tech but i go out and i play the same thing every night because I do guitars and bass so I play King of the Hill on the bass and I play Tonight We're Going to Rock It by Spinal Tap That's the you mean as a sound check yes as, as my little line check when I don't play that the fans get mad and I get instant messages I get notes they find me at the hotel you didn't play King of the Hill and I'm like, because really? that's your thing, and you know. For and, and that's and, and, I, and I giggle about it because I'm almost like, this is just so absurd that I'm playing, but I'm out on, I'm playing a festival, and it was like always really weird. When you it, say King of the Hill, what are you talking about? Dun, 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 oh, you from the TV dun, dun, show? Yeah, from the that's, TV show. That's hilarious. And, I, and, I, and that's what it is. But uh, I think it was like me. Uh, I think it was King. We uh, we actually recorded it, 
And so it's like dun, 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 it was like one of these one of these uh, Reno shows or something. I think we did it in Reno, and I just remember. I, and I had the recording, and then at that, uh, I lost all my all my hard drives and my laptop and stuff like that. So I got, I lost all my cool fun stuff. But I just remember playing King of the Hill with with King, the band King, and and, and those guys for a three piece. They're they're amazing, and uh, but uh, the crowds. Uh, in these festivals and I told somebody I said watching that Wembley shot gave me Wembley goosebumps wow. you know what I mean to, to actually see 100,000 people because we've, we've seen 100,000 in South America with 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 Sabbath you know and and, and stuff like that and it's just uh, that's the powerful it is it, it's mean... an amazing visual and it's just uh, it, it's for those moments that you want to go see these things. I mean, like with Dream Theater, we're playing like festivals with like 80,000. Mm-hmm. You know, we played like uh, Download, which we used to be the Monsters yeah, of Rock, Castle yeah, Doddington. Yeah. Same place, different name. But... Oh, so the Download Festival was the old Castle Doddington yeah, Festival. Yeah, because Doddington's to, to behind you. And, so uh, Download bought the naming rights? Yeah, they bought the naming rights. So it's called Download. Okay. But I mean, it's a still still the same grounds as we played with Black Label back in the uh-huh. day and stuff like that. And uh, Probably helps the younger band, though, because they, they get to go on a bigger stage. Yep. And, and you know, and, it, and it's... Even when you... I mean, when we went on with Black Label, we went on early, you know? And you, hang, you have to hang out all day. And it's like, really? I got to hang out here at this festival that other people have to pay for? And I'm going to go hang out? You know, and it used to be I used to go out and watch every show. And I remember, like, going out and watching... Because you could, right? Because you could. And I remember me and Zach went out and watched Sabbath from front of house. And I just sat there and just had goosebumps. You know, it's my first time seeing Sabbath back together. And it's just like... And it's so, like, we're talking, like, late 90s, early 2000s? Uh, when they got back this last time. Okay. With, with Oh, the last one. Yeah, you know. When they, when they reunited... Uh, Wow, long time ago. Yeah, wow. I saw I saw the Pittsburgh show for Sabbath coincidentally, and uh, it was a remake that they canceled. Then they came back, and I was sitting in a a luxury box for that show with my buddy Jim, and I was and Pantera was opening for that. We're talking ninety nine. Yep, it's a ways back, but I remember Pantera being horrifying. And, and I was a, I'm a tone guy, so Dimebag's tone. This is before, well before I ever worked with him. <laughs> I recognized he was a great musician, but the tone wasn't my thing. No. But as soon as Sabbath hit that stage, and there was like the there was sludge, Lainey's. but it was it was detuned. There's Randalls and Laney's, and the Laney was just so much better. Yeah. I mean, the tube the tube tone from Iommi's guitars were so powerful, and Ozzy was somewhat on that night. And, but it was interesting. It was detuned, so you know your ear was. Mm-hmm. You know, being a guitar player, you get it, but it was really like when I say sludge, it was low. Yeah, it was very low. But that that, that thing was very powerful. But I can't imagine seeing Sabbath in like a festival. Yeah, with, I mean, with like a hundred thousand people. Uh, I remember, uh, we did Hellfest. Yeah, where is that at? Uh, France. Kiss has played that. A it's few in times. France. Clausen, France. Yeah, Clisson, Clisson, Clisson. I'd like a Clisson. <laughs> they will laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but uh, now I, I I remember uh, Oz was playing, 
Was it Oz or was it Sabbath? And they closed the stage off. And they said, that was with Megadeth. And I think Slayer was there and Megadeth's there and, you know, Anthrax and stuff like that. And I'm walking backstage and they're like, hey, you come up and watch? I'm like, oh, it's uh, it's it's a closed stage. I don't... I, your family, what are, you, what are you talking about? How many wristbands do you need? You know, and I remember going up there and I was like, like the only tech. And yeah, I guess it was because Ryan wanted to go and all this. So we all, I got a couple from my tech buddies and uh, like the guys with me on Megadeth. And we went up and watched Sabbath. And it was like, you know, we're, we're right there beside Geezer. But here's amazing slayer and and anthrax and and you know and magadeth and, and he's like other bands other other legendary bands that are standing there in awe yeah in awe and then they say all right you guys gotta go all right you can stay because <laughs> you're family and it's like yeah they all like everybody else left eventually but it was just like yeah you guys want to stick around it's like yeah yeah can we it's like, yeah, of course, your family. I'm like, and, you know, and so we stuck around, we watched it, we had a great time, and you know, but it, 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 it to, to be watched. What a special time though, because you know they're pretty much done now. Yeah, you, know, you got an opportunity to do that. Yeah, and and, and, and you know what? And that's the one thing I do is I, I cherish, I I cherish all those moments. Like I saw Kiss on this last tour, and me and Elson. Wow, it wasn't this last tour. It was two years ago. You mean the lip sync tour? <laughs> no, that was <laughs> that was two I'm years ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But me and Elson went out and watched Kiss because Kiss was Kiss was like you know one of his influences, and we were like two little kids sitting out there going, "It's, it's Kiss, and he's flying! Look at him fly!" You know, <laughs> for you the twentieth year in a row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's still you know when you and you're a fan, it never gets old. And we watched it from out there, you know, and it just, and it just you know we watched from the crowd and and. Because you're still a fan of music. Exactly, because right? it's a fan of music. End, that's right. I that's mean, right. Yeah, and, and I think that's amazing that you, your your contemporaries, those in bands you work for that have their own levels of fame still come back to the heavies. You kiss Black Sabbath, yeah. Aerosmith, and you see these bands, and it's like, like wow, I'm still a massive fan. Yeah, exactly, man. That, that's yeah. that's very cool. And, and, but that, the the point I was trying to make is you had these legends that are still watching their heroes, you know, right. up there, and, and you're standing amongst them, and it's just like such a cool vibe. And then you're like standing next to somebody, and it's a cool vibe. Yeah, like I remember Download because I was a big Motley Crue fan, and uh, Nikki was coming up to do Anarchy in the UK with these guys, and uh, I'm standing <laughs> in my wrote that song. I'm standing, I'm, standing, I'm standing in my world. Little Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I'm standing in my world, and and here he is, man. Nikki Six, the guy that, you know, yeah. I wanted to play bass. I got one, cool. you know. And he comes up and says, hey, man, you mind if I watch for a couple minutes over here? I'm like, yeah, man. Sure. Cool. I'm like pooping my pants. That guy just shit his pants. I'm like, I'm like oh, yeah, it's, it's Nikki Six, man, you know. And uh, so he, and he's a way cool guy. I've met him before. Uh Actually, Steve Gibb put a thank you for me on his on Nikki's because he's played well on Nikki's solo album. That's very and cool. And I did some work for Steve, and and so I'm actually on a Nikki Six solo That's cool. album as a thank you. And I just you know I met him back then, and and it was awesome. And uh, you told me before too that when you were on um, the Ozfest from like '05, where Sabbath was the headliner, and you said it was just amazing because you know you said Iommi was like a ghost, like he'd. 
he'd show up for like yeah. just how you told me he would show up for a sound check and then like a minute later you turn your head poof he's already back in his trailer yeah, he's gone and you would never see him yeah. unless it was the show or the sound check but he was like you know, he was and, and no matter how hot it was he had that black, <laughs> black leather coat on. overcoat yeah. right is that right yeah 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 they uh well, they got to the, to the point where, you know, it's a rarity that these big bands like that come in. Megadeth will do a sound check every day. But big bands like that, it's a rarity from the come in. They'll come in and get, get you know, the, the techs usually do their the sound check because they trust these guys. Mike Clement's been Tony's tech for forever. and uh, Yeah, he must really trust that guy. So been, it, I mean, how many decades now, oh, right? Oh, yeah. So to actually be able to see these guys in a sound check, it's like, because they never let anybody stay in there. And it's like, well. Yeah, I'm gonna sneak in here. I'm, I'm, you know, at the time I was like forty some years old, thirty some years old. And I'm still sneaking around trying to catch a glimpse of the band, you know, which is which is awesome. But uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's cool. I mean, I I still geek out over rock and roll. I know you do. I love that. Yeah, the other day, I should you not because I've seen so many people, and, and and please forgive me for saying this because I, I feel really bad about saying this. But I've seen so many people, and I've I've known, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. thirty years in this, or sorry, twenty uh, twenty years in this business, twenty one years, thirty years as being a stagehand, twenty years of touring. I've seen so many people and faces and names, and they're all run together. Sure. And this guy says hi to me, in uh, <laughs> in catering the other day. I'm like, oh man, what the fuck is that? the fuck's that bus driver's name man dude he's i know his face what the hell's his name and uh you know he's walking and he goes oh you know oh my fuck what the fuck is his name sorry bob seeger i thought you were a bus driver <laughs> and i'm like i'm like man i said what's that bus driver's name it was bob seeger and he goes even bob oh bob i can't remember what what tour was i on it's bob seeger I'm like, that's why he looks familiar. <laughs> well, he's aged a little bit. He doesn't look like he. he, yeah, he but you know what? He sounded amazing. Yeah, everybody he says that. And I and I sat there. I'm like, hey, dude, it, this is amazing, you know. And he actually said hi to me. I'm like texting my that, friends. That, going, that's very cool. Bob Seger said hi to me in catering. <laughs> but uh, all right, here's one for you. Now, look, I'm. Oh, I'm you gave me some more popcorn. I've only had two beers. I'm yeah, telling, what's up with that? I'm telling you stories that I stories that I won't tell. So here, this well, ranks, we needed to do the rock and roll show. And that's what tonight's turning into. So which is good. So here's you want a story? I'll Another give you beer? Are you good? Nah, I'm good. You know me. I don't drink. But uh, not beer. I never seen you drink beer like that. But. Oh wow! It's ten o'clock. But uh, what? That's ah, all right. We got time. But uh, so. <laughs> this will be my last story of the evening spit it out Fred so I get a chance to be on stage with one of the greatest bands of all time don't They're, you dare stay Steel Panther Steel Panther I've been on stage with them too <laughs> but I was able to be on stage with one of my, one of my all, all time favorite bands the who? What? Uh, no. The Eagles. Ah. And I'm a cable pager. Mm. And that means all I have to do is just sit there 
And when the cameraman goes out with the cable, I give him cable. And when he comes back, I pull in the slack so nobody trips. And I'm supposed to be in front of the stage. No, no, no. You're not the you're not the front stage cable pager. You're the on stage cable pager. Wow. I'm on stage with the Eagles. What's left of them? Oh man, you know what? Vince Gill, fucking, he should have just been an original Eagle, and then, then he had uh, Glenn Fry's kid look just like him from like 1972. Wait a second, who was with them? Vince Gill was with them. Vince, Vince I, Gill's playing. Him. I didn't know that. Oh my god, he's amazing. He's such a great guitar player. Well, I know that. Yeah, he, he Vince Gill played guitar. Uh, uh, Joe Walsh was there, of course. Uh, the legend. Uh, you know, Glenn Fry's kid was playing. Uh, That's very cool. Guitar. It looks just like him. <laughs> and then Don Henley's playing drums. And Don Henley's from like here to that wall away from me. And the guy says to me, he goes, hey, man, look, sit here beside this Leslie. And he goes, just use the Leslie as a shield, you know, so people, you know, so you're not openly seen. But I'm sitting at the Leslie. This box of condoms is the Leslie. <laughs> this Vagisil here. Don Henley. It's the drums. <laughs> There's the drums right there. And here are the Eagles out front. <laughs> so here are the Eagles. And I'm sitting right here. I'm on stage. That's crazy. And I crazy. can see everything. It's the fucking greatest. I don't know if you know this, but I am an Eagles fan. I'm aware. And not the Philadelphia Eagles. The, the Hotel California Eagles. And I love them. And I don't know if you know this. I don't know if anybody knows this. I can't sing a note of music to save my life, but I will sing Eagle songs all day. I'm in my car. My God, you would think that I was the eighth member of the Eagles. And I'm sitting there, and I'm loving it. And every song's fantastic, and I'm, 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 I'm way into this music. And I'm like, man, I always heard... Don Henley was really crabby, man, but he is just bawling out that guy, his little monitor guy or whatever. And he'd come off and he'd sit there and he'd get, you know, some, and the guy's going, you know, and guys, you know, he seem like, fix Wearing it. Him out. Fix it, you know, fix it. And he's like, and every once in a while you just see him. I don't know if there was something wrong with their in ear monitors or whatever because they turn around and they go like this to each other and they look and they somebody would laugh and it's like, fuck man you know you just see it and you just see him going fix it these guys going i don't know i don't know and i'm sitting there and i'm loving it man you know and i'm i'm i, I am so caught up in this you know i'm singing and you know they're singing and everything's great and fucking i'm like man they must be getting feedback or something they keep making this awful like looking at each other all goofy and you see them getting like, fix it what's going on and i'm like holy shit and i'm already gone you know i'm all happy you know i'm sitting there you, you can't hide your lying eyes and I'm just like sitting there, and you're smiling. And that's what I want, like, yeah. And I realized that as I was sitting here the whole time, hiding behind the Leslie, and when I turned my head and hit the. You were causing the And feedback. hit the microphone for the Leslie, they were hearing my vocals. 
and they're going, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's great. That is a true story. I am sorry, Eagles. I did. That is my that is my rock and roll. I can't tell this story of the week. It's hysterical. And I still feel, I told that story the other day, and I figured, fuck it, I could tell it. And what are they going to do? You know? God, but it, it literally, I'll, you know, you can't hide your lion eyes. And boom. And I just, I just face planted right now and i've been sitting there the whole show like this you know? <laughs> so Henley was getting your vocals in here in here early oh my god that's great out open doors with just a smile i'm like yeah it's so bad for Henley now <laughs> <laughs> like oh man is he boy he's really crabby tonight you know yeah it's me <laughs> oh my god that's great what a band though huh oh fucking killer band i've seen him so many times man I've seen them, I mean, you know, and uh, Walsh is just amazing. My God, he's such an amazing guitar player, you know. Yeah, not even for the leads, just I think the song structure and the chordal stuff and the rhythm, you know. I mean, Funk 49 is still one of my favorite songs from oh, the James yeah. Gang. Yep. You hear that, and it's just got man, that. Man, man. I play that a lot. I do play that a lot. That's a, that's a, that's another sound checker for me, Funk 49. Yeah, to be on stage with the Eagles, that's a thrill. Yeah. And so that's the that's the highlight of my last year you know this year we've got tso coming up that's where you're headed i leave friday i leave in two days that's why we got fred in here before he splits i'm sure at some point i'm gonna be calling or writing or you'll see some some kind of hysterical post on instagram about me having a miserable time somewhere but you know what i got though i got the camera now so yeah, I'm gonna I be know. I'm gonna be getting out of the room, taking some pics. You should. I just got. Let's count them. You need three hands now. Eleven pictures in galleries now. Good for you. Yeah, Good I just got I got this last one. Keep marking yourself. Uh, you know, I mean, you gotta you pay money to enter these contests or whatever. But you know what? Still, my pictures getting hung somewhere in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it's a wide variety of things. Uh, Imagine if you had done this like 15 years ago. Oh my God! See, that was the thing: is all the hard drives got stolen. Even with my my junk cameras, I had these these pictures that I sit around and go, man, not, they don't compare to what I took back then. Pictures of Zach. Mm -hmm. I've got this one of Jason Todd from Shinedown, where it was. I think it was probably the best picture I ever took. And it's a couple with him playing the boogie bowl, which are amazing. That's what it was. It was a it was a shot, and he was on his knees, and he's sitting. Yeah, there, and it was I might have a compressed version of that. Oh, if you do find it, man, it, it, because uh, that was it, to me that was a, a a shot that was just you know I loved that shot, uh, but there was just so much, and I would love to be able to. Uh, to have some of those pictures back to enter them and things because they were like mm -hmm. done with a real camera mm -hmm. but uh for years i just I, what i want most of these things on was like using an iphone and it's just like you know i'm editing them and making them look good and stuff like that but uh i did my first real photo shoot with someone and a little uh i don't want to don't want to brag but uh i took somebody's yearbook photos <laughs> they're a little slow slow on the uh slow getting the yearbook photos they didn't like what they got so uh, i have a hard time picturing you as a yearbook photographer oh dude i had a great time we went up to the we went up to settler's ridge or some settler's cabin up there and fought, the leaves were starting to change and i just took some photos and they loved it it was awesome man so well, i had a good time i did that uh 
trying to think of I took uh took some concert photos the other day for uh for local bands you know just I'm enjoying it so this year on TSL I'm gonna have a hobby I'm, I'm gonna, like I did like I did on Dream Theater that's what I did I didn't drink I sat in the bus and I edited photos and that's the first one in my bunk and that's what I'm gonna be again I'll give you some advice one photographer to another never edit photos while you're drinking See, that's why I don't drink. <laughs> it could go south real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so this um, this tour with TSO is going to take you. I'm assuming Pittsburgh's included in that, but it's you, you. You were talking last time about how it's just not. You know, you're in the East Coast, TSO, yeah. which is pretty much the cold climate, the cold weather tour. You know, you they stay the East Coast. You bring a jacket this time. Yeah, I'm going to take a jacket this time. <laughs> I've actually picked it out and I've already placed it. It's the first time I've ever placed anything in a spot where I won't forget it two days before a tour. Because I'm like packing that morning. You know, if I leave at 7 a.m., at 5 o'clock, you know, I'm at the, at the house still packing, going, I have to be there right now. You know, and I'm living 20 minutes from the airport, half hour from the airport. But I've already started packing. Uh, yeah, it's East Coast, in which we laugh at because it's basically just Ohio, New York, and Pennsylvania. You know, uh, and Cle- you know, you were up in Cleveland in the winter. You know, it, it, instead of setting the South, how about a little? You know, Miami. Miami likes Christmas music. You know, how about you know? I thought it wasn't Christmas music. Trip. It's not Christmas music. It's it, it's holiday. Oh, what, is, what is it exactly? Holiday Chris? music. But uh, it's, it's not, not religious. It's not religious. But uh, although Christians kind of like you know Christmas Christians. That's yeah, you get the Christ out of it. You know, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> You got to, you know, it'd be nice to go to Orlando or somewhere, but no, we get, you know, Cleveland on the lake in the winter, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Buffalo, you know. I've a couple of these tours with TSO, though. Do you, do you like them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody's great. Uh, uh, crew-wise, it's the all-star game of roadies, yeah, man. This yeah. You got the best crew out there. That's good to hear. You know, and it, and it, was, it was nice to... Do you think people well, are just generally in a good mood, too? It's Christmas time. It's the it's holiday season. Fuck that. You're up for I mean, fucking 20 hours a fucking day. I mean the, you get up I at mean five. the fans. I mean, it looks... fuck them. By the... <laughs> you know what I got? And you're going to ask me, <laughs> can you meet? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they're great. The fans are great. They, you know, some, you know, they're, they're in the holiday spirit from the middle of even before Thanksgiving, uh, you know, all the way to, to New Year's, you know, that's what we go. And so, you know, I get to miss every holiday, including Halloween, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. I, I'll miss it, you know, but. It's in your blood. Okay, so before we wrap up, I have a couple questions that were part of our, 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 our very loyal followers and viewers of our show. A couple of them are fans I know personally of yours for a long time. So, one of the questions was your most your favorite experiences at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh. At the arena? Mm-hmm. Oh man! Like, could I be at a concert or could it be yeah, anything? With favorite favorite experience? Whether you were working just as a fan? Man, one of my favorite uh, as a fan was seeing Motley Crue, my first concert there. And I just thought it was so amazing. And here I am. I'm just like 85, 84. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, I was still in high school. Who opened? Uh, y and T. I remember them. Yeah, they had a song about Indians or something. <laughs> <laughs> Although the guitar player in that band's pretty badass. Yeah, Jack. Oh man, it's been so long. His tone's always been great. 
But uh, I've actually run into those guys from time to time over over on the West Coast. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, uh, seeing that, just you know, just being a kid and seeing that, and I seen Major. Did you work there. gigs there? I did. Yeah, I worked gigs there. I used to rig there. I did hockey games there. I got yelled at by Don Cherry because I was yelling too loud. Because really? Don Cherry was April like, Eleventh. Fuck you, Cherry. Always, <laughs> no, Lemieux. They're they're the big crybaby Lemieux. I'm like, fuck you. Because you know, Don, there, you know, fucking, I got in trouble. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you did. But. Uh, uh, man, I, I, I remember uh, Bobby O was teching for Ace on that comeback tour. and I Ace Freely? Ace Freely. And I, I went to the show. He was at the arena? It was at the arena, 96. Farewell Oh, tour. the Kiss Farewell Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, there was two nights. I was and, there both And nights. I'd met Bobby a few times, and I was walking. I, I went to the show. And June I was just 6th walking. and 7th, 1996? In 96, yeah. So I went, I went walking uh, backstage in July, and uh, to get because I parked back behind the arena, and I went walking through, and Bobby goes, "Hey man, give me a hand." And I'm like, "Oh man, I, I I can't." He goes, "Oh, all right, don't worry about it. I just need a hand carrying Ace's guitars to." Uh, yeah, man, I, I think I can do that. <laughs> you know, one friend to another, you know. How cool is that? Yeah, fucking, it was awesome, man. Was but that, that night one or two? Do you remember? That was night one. It was night one because I worked night two. I went to the first. What night. a show! Yeah, it was fucking awesome. What man. a just what a special in my life. What an amazingly special time. Yeah, it was it was killer. It was killer. What else? What other shows in the, in the arena? Did you ever did you tour with the band that actually came and played the arena? I never played the arena. We played. How about uh, that? We've played. I played console, but I've never played right. played at the arena. I've always played Star. Okay. Uh, some of your best memories from the Stanley Theater. Now, see, that's something that's weird because I still work there. So at the I, Bennett, I'm yeah, I still, but but as, I've never been to the Stanley. Stanley. I was never there. You were never in the too Stanley, young. even for a show. Never went to a show. My dad did. You're not that much younger than me. I went to plenty of shows. Standing there. See, but I didn't. I was really wasn't a, a concert guy. You okay. know what I mean? I just that was my thing. Now my dad went and saw. There's a live Manford Man uh, show. Manford Man. Yeah. And my dad like yells something like, "No, oh, that's me!" All the time. I did that. That's me. <laughs> you know, it's that's like, cool. It's like, he's like, "Woo!" or whatever. You know, it's like, that's me. And so I, I always laughed. Because they knew it was being, but uh, yeah, I worked down there, and I, I've seen Bowie down there, and I've seen. Uh, uh, well, Benedum is so grandiose. Oh know? yeah, it's awesome. I saw Allison Chains yeah. down there. But the Stanley was like gritty and. I mean, yeah. So yeah. the only two Stanley shows I have you'll laugh was, uh, I can almost remember the date. I think it was March fifth of eighty four. I saw the Kiss Lick It Up tour there. Really? Yes. Wow. Vinny and. Paul got into a fight, I think, either on stage or off stage or some madness. But it was like seeing the kiss, because the stage wasn't that big, seeing this kiss sign from prior tours being, had to sit on the floor as opposed to being elevated because there was no room. Yeah. But now it it's the second largest stage in the uh, country. It's crazy. <laughs> and it, but, it, but it was just uh, Eric Carr and like, you know, it was just, uh, you know, and it was great and it was loud and I was up close. It was it was great. And then the next night I was dating this girl who I had to take her and her younger sister was probably thirteen. And we had to go see the very next night we had to see the Thompson twins. I saw the Thompson twins. <laughs> 
And talk it, about a letdown. From I saw one Thompson night Twins and next. OMD. I saw Motley Crue first, and then I saw the Thompson Twins and OMD. Man, oh and what's what's funny that you say that because I went with my buddies. It's like go see Molly Crew. All right, cool, man. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, hey, man, yeah. I got these Thompson Twins ticket. T- Thompson Twins Twiggets, tickets. Twickets. And I'm like, what, hey, dude? You want to go? I'm like, um, oh, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Right, 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 right. And they're awesome. Hold me now. Oh my God! Yeah, that was uh, yeah. So I and I I respected the theatrics of it all, but I got the strange feeling that it was being piped in, and there was a lot of uh, disingenuous music. I just felt that. Yeah, yeah. For what it was worth, but um, okay. And and the other one was the graffiti. I played graffiti all the time. I know you played graffiti. What what, besides? I saw Kid Rock there. (laughs) Really? I saw Kid Rock, like. Maybe just when ball with the ball was hitting, or before it was hitting, wow. you know, it's a my name is kid, you know, it was, Powerful, dude, it was huh? oh, dude, it was fucking awesome in that little room. And I played with what a great venue though for Pittsburgh. Oh, it, was, like, it, was, it, was it was a killer. magical venue, and they've never replaced it. I don't no. think. Did Black Label there? Uh, wait, wait, you did Black Label at the Graffiti. At Graffiti, I played there with Sonic Youth and, and a little band called Social Distortion. Now, here's what's fucked up. I was supposed to play. That was our, our consolation. They put us on with a different band, mm-hmm. so we got Social Distortion and Sonic Youth, mm-hmm. and you know, and it was it was it was really cool because I got to meet rock stars. Right on. And they were so cool, man. You know, and then what the I saw Sonic Youth's last t- show ever in Santiago, Chile, and I was talking to to Kim and and, mm-hmm. and those guys mm-hmm. about hey man when I was a kid you know and they, we were all laughing about it. and uh. And Steve Shelley and all those guys, and they're all—they were really nice people, and they were really nice back then. But we had to play with those guys because some—I don't even know what where the hell they came from, but some little band called Nirvana, Nirvana, uh, Nir- somebody. Nir- we were supposed to open for them, Nirvana? but they, they decided to fucking hit it big. And supposedly, and we didn't, we didn't fucking get to play with them. But what was funny is I was in the uh, Experience Hendrix Museum in Seattle, and they have other bands from Seattle stuff there. They have Soundgarden stuff. They had, and then they had Kurt Cobain's private itinerary, and it was his handwritten what 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 shows were where mm-hmm. and there was pittsburgh on there and i it brought a little tear to my eye i, I smiled i said i was supposed to play that show and they hit big and they brought some, somebody big it was right when Nevermind hit and it was just like man was there any note on there as a reminder to him to maybe tune his guitar i'm guessing you not. know he's left-handed you know kind of a break <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's you know that, that, that i told the hard rock story of me and zach getting drunk but there's a picture of me with Kermain's his sunglasses and his left-handed uh jaguar and, and i'm sitting there and i've got his glasses on and i've got the jaguar and i'm playing it left-handed and it's just it, but it was like that night that zach and i got hammered at the hard rock and it's so that i actually have that picture somewhere i've got these i've got the big the big white round sunglasses that he had man i got them on that's and i've crazy. met all those cats i've that's met Grohl, and i've met uh chris novacelic and they were all all great guys, man. So Chris, um, he kind of like just, just shunned the spotlight. Since. Yeah, you know. I'm, but obviously, you know, Grohl, you can Grohl see brains are brains in star. that band were. Yeah, Dave, he's, he's a all drummer over. there, and now he's the, it's it's crazy he's how a, he's, he's a multi talented musician. He's he a singer. Abs- he absolutely is. He's, he's he a transcended. Yep. 
what that band was. I mean, it was a launching pad for him, but he just yeah. transcended it, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. And he's a fantastic guy, man. He's a really, really good cat. The graffiti was cool. I saw Robin Trower there. Yeah. Um, Washington play Bridge of Size, like four feet from me was insane. I had a big band that I loved, uh, and my one of my good friends really loved this band, too, immensely, was King's X. I think and I saw a, King's X down there. What an absolutely... What an absolute travesty because the musicianship, in my opinion, the musicianship and the vocal quality and the whole production, everything between Ty Tabor, um, you know, Jerry, the drummer, and, and, and you know, I mean, Doug Pinnock. I mean, what amazing. A, amazing talent, but it just goes to show, you know, it's hit or miss, right? I mean, yep. but, the, but the musical, if you listen to the records, they should have, that should have been hit music, but yep. it just... Never know. Just, they were detuning before anybody. Yeah, never but they, know. But they've always they were an impressive actor. I saw I saw the Rippingtons, that jazz band I mm -hmm. love with Russ Freeman there, um, ninety ninety six whatever. And the graffiti and the acoustics were amazing. But just the the power. I think if you were a powerful band, regardless of the genre, and you played graffiti, it translated to the audience based upon how yeah. that place was set up. Would you yeah. agree to that? Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. And you know, when it was a nice intimate place. Uh, it really wasn't a bad seat, right? Because you're right there. Yeah, you're and the right bar there. and the bars were close by. You could mm -hmm. get to the you bar. Have, yeah, the bar was inside, at the back of the room. It was a, it was a shallow room, but there was an upper deck, and you know, I just you know I was and you know the bands were accessible then. They'd come out and they'd talk, or they'd you know. When you were with Black Label and all the acts you've been, you would guys come to Pittsburgh. Was there ever a time that after a show? Um, you and maybe a couple of bandmates went. Or you guys went out on the town. Did you ever go to like the next fat city? Did you did you bring the did you bring like the talent, the band, and did you guys go out in Pittsburgh and party at spots? Do you remember that? Because I think a lot of acts would come to town and they end up at Nick's fat city late in yeah, the night. Yeah, you know, there's a lot. That that was. I can't think of what. I know when the wrestlers came to town, we'd go to the Edison. We'd go to a strip club. <laughs> yeah, this but, uh, yeah, we did, man. I just remember me and the Undertaker down there. We did. The Undertaker. Yeah, oh, my God, we had a great time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for rock bands, I don't think I've ever... Who? I took somebody out to the Mousetrap one time, but I can't think of who it was. The Mousetrap? Yeah, because it was outside. Is that Babington? Yeah, I'm Babington, man. We went to the Mousetrap and just shit like that. I had like some that. good music there. Uh Brantley, one of guys on Brantley Gilbert's crew, he went out to the mousetrap with me a couple of weeks ago, but he was just a crew guy. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, but there's been other cities like where, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we'll go out. And we'll Is it hard for an artist to go? Sometimes. It like, depends. Because, I mean, like, I mean you've, you've told me, you know, depending on the, how crazy the show was that you were working and, and whether those fans were connected with you or not, you would want to go out baseball which is rare for you to wear a baseball cap you told me yeah. that you would go out with a member of the band and you guys would breast down hide hide the ponytail or yeah. hide the hide the hair in the baseball back hat yeah mustaine I mean, actually had all his hair up under a hat one time and this guy comes up and he goes hey mate i know you're the megadeth crew guy goes, any 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 chance of mustaine showing up tonight and i'm That's like no nah, nah, i don't think i don't think he's going to he's standing he's got, right he's got, next to him there's a hair in a hat it was, oh it, was my in, God. it was in ireland it was in dublin ireland that's like where the dude had the Boogie Street shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're just going out incognito, and it's not to it's not to play, put on any errors. It's just so because you, you want to be able yeah, to go and have yeah. a conversation. Yeah, and if, if there's another band there, you don't want to take away from them. 
You know what I mean? Okay, I get that. Yeah, I, I, that's how I always feel. Okay. You know, I, I don't want to want to be a distraction. All right, so I mean? talk about the Palace Theater. What do you remember about the Palace Theater? I played there a few times. Uh, I if you forget saw, one, I'm going to be very pissed I off I saw at we you. saw Paul Stanley. Ah, there we go. I thought you were. <laughs> But yeah, the, so Fred and I bonded on a lot of a lot of amazing things in my life. But in um, on the on the on December first of of '06, a year and a half after us working with Paul, yep. we had the opportunity to go. That was our first real introduction, right? I mean, it was yep. with Paul. Yeah, with Paul, and that was uh, a special night for me, being a huge fan. And Fred took it all in stride. And you were, <laughs> you, uh, you do you do you remember do you remember how like shell shocked I was and the. <laughs> <laughs> Fran came down and got us and like you know hey you guys like remember the there was a, a large African American guy he was very intimidating he was built like a brick shit house and I'm sitting there waiting for the show to start and the guy comes down and he goes is your name Eric and I went, <laughs> yeah he goes are you with a guy named Fred or Frederick I go yeah he's like right there you two come with me <laughs> you, and I'm like horrified you're like ah you're fine I had no idea. And then no, we walked, in the back door. And then I walked in, and we walked into the room, and of course I couldn't get my words out. You're slapping me on the back. You're like, you're like, <laughs> like, like, do you remember Paul that? Stanley is hero. Paul that? Stanley, and he can't talk. I couldn't talk. Like, I admit this it. This is my buddy Eric. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like tacos and burritos. Oh, yeah. my God. That was so good, though. Oh, man. That's man, a good a great night, time. man. Yeah, man, that's a lot. Night. Dude, It's it was 13 years ago. I know, man. Time it flies. rained like a sieve. I, I just, it was, I Back I remember door. he came out his dick punch shirt on. Yes, we had a novelty clothing company for a short period of time called Dick Punch Clothing, and it was a t-shirt thing. And we gave him a bunch of stuff, and he comes out at the end to walk out like he's got the he, shirt on. We took his picture, and then he looks at Fred and I goes, "Hey, Eric, Fred, I'll see y'all in Chicago." And he's waving as he's walking away, and we're like, you know, dude, I love how this happened? This is insanity, <laughs> right? But what? It's the best kiss show I ever saw. It was awesome. It was killer. I will say the best Kiss show I ever saw. It wasn't Kiss, but it was uh, yeah, amazing. It was, but that it was, was a great, great night. The Palace There's a Theater, right there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's exactly right. It's exactly right. It's I mean, it's it, you know, we've been reminiscing a lot tonight, but too, we got such a you and I have such a rich history that needs to be put and recorded in, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, just a, just a crazy. I remember I was I was on air judging the Froggy Idol, and after I left, I must have. I left, or after I was done judging, I left to pick up my kids, and right after I left, the Van Zants walked in. Oh, I remember, yeah. You remember that? Because I had like, entertained. It was you're awesome. You're calling me and going, you know, you left a little early, because now they're down in Boogie Street's <laughs> office, and we're taking photos, and, and then, if you remember correctly, we gave, you gave them some free guitars. And some shirts. And then <laughs> gave and they, him some free guitars. And they, he, you did two acoustics, <laughs> yeah. and they both jumped on a flight, flew to the, Nat, Las Vegas, the CMA, and later that evening live, he's got a flannel on, but underneath that's the Boogie Street, Street logo. Shirt. He's playing live, and I'm getting my phones blowing up. And Fred's like, "Ah, oh, see, I took care of." I said, "Yeah, you aren't kidding." But that was Johnny, right? Johnny Vance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played with a Boogie he's Street a shirt on the CMA Awards in. 07, 06. And here, like here's what's funny, man. It was, it was, crazy, it was, man. I saw him in, in Europe. We played with them on, on a festival because you always have like a crazy lineup on a festival. And uh, I was just uh, hearing the story about how dumb I was for not taking the uh, Steve Gorman gig for Thin Lizzy. And uh, it was, so I'm talking to this dude about it. And Skinner's going to go on. 
And he comes back and he's taking a piss and he's he's pissing in a garbage can. And we're sitting there. <laughs> Who's pissing in a garbage can? Johnny. Yeah. So he's sitting there. He's got to go, you know. And uh, so I was here. Just, he, he goes, there a restaurant? He's here pissing in this garbage can. So he pissed in my garbage can. Because that's what you do backstage, you know. Fucking. Uh, and uh, he goes, hey, man, we met. I'm like, yeah, dude, we did that. We did that Boogie Street thing. And, and, and he goes, oh, but you gave he me the guitar. Remembered. Oh, he remembered. He, he remembered. Great. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that's incredible. And he was awesome. And we, and we thought he's standing there pissing. You know, I, I, it's amazing the conversations you have when you're <laughs> Over pissing. Over urine. <laughs> yeah, you know, pissing. And, uh, you know, but, it, but you know, uh, you know, it, it, it was way cool, you know, that he remembered that. And, you know, when he, we gave him the guitar and then he wore the shirt on. That was crazy. You know. I mean, the whole thing. He had actually shown up later on tour other spots where he wearing the same thing again. So just really good people we did we did a lot of fun stuff dude i i was i remember watching a a, a stone sour video and Corey taylor's playing that white lightning we gave him a white lightning there it and is then a couple of weeks later we gave him a zebra wood too that same body shape he played that as well playing our boogie street guitars and but you always you always seem to i mean that was the great thing about what you did was you would i mean you you never took liberties we always talked about the decision but you were like look this guy like jason with the boogie bowl mm-hmm that propelled sales like you couldn't believe. It was mm -hmm. a brilliant idea, and basically we created this guitar that was um, under abalone lightning. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and for those who follow Boogie Street, you know, for our little our group out there, we had the opportunity to make an import version of these very high end guitars that we had made in custom shop. And we, we called them the Boogie Bolt. We made an import version, meaning we ordered them overseas with high quality. And Fred's like, you know what? We got to do some of these bolts because they got to punch. But Eric, don't duplicate what you did on the USA. You know, protect the collectors. That's very important advice you gave me. I mean, I remember you saying, look, there are people that spent, you know, $10,000 on guitars. You need to protect their investment. You can't go overseas yep. and duplicate something identical. Yep. Well, because it won't be the same quality, but visually. Yeah. And, and you that's said, something hey, I was always, always you were up, you're very you're very protective of our high end clients and, and you said why not make the bolts in abalone we did that huge success couple hundred we ordered but you said to me early on that you were out with Shine Don you called me from Chicago a little tipsy I might add hey <laughs> man you know would you be willing to overnight a boogie bolt to Jason because he loves diamond he'll play that. And as soon as we did that, and the photos hit the web, they hit Guitar World online. Yeah. They hit all the metal sites. Yeah. And oh, even the boogie, even the uh, Southern Cross. Yeah, I mean, we gave Jason's right over there. Yeah, Scott Jason's up there with the boogie bolt. Scott's got the Southern Cross. You missed that show. You were trying to get there. You were on tour and you had like a four day break. You tried to get to Chicago. You couldn't make it happen. Right. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I remember that though. That was good stuff. But but we always were. We had the. I mean, through you, we had the stones to approach artists and just like say, hey, look. Let's, let, can we give you something as a gift? No strings attached. But if you love it and you dig it, it'd help us if you played it. And to to a man, they yeah, all did it. And they all played it, man. And Scott played that for tours, multiple tours. He tour. was a great guy. Uh, Paul played his stuff. You know, Paul Stanley played mm -hmm. those those. You know, what we gave him. Jason loved his stuff. You know, figure Corey Taylor played the White Lightning. Yeah, the stuff on Corey Taylor was amazing too. And, and that was a total surprise to me. I'm like, well, check it out. But you know, it's funny too is we gave Zach a boogie bolt early on, and, and I don't he still know has it. I know. And 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 the funny, the coolest thing ever was for me because I had not met Zach yet, and legend in my eyes naturally. And you guys were in. I, I want to say, oh, I don't even think you're working with them. You flew out there, but you're in some Minnesota or something, and you got on the bus and 
and Zach's like, "Hey, I gotta call that. that I gotta call Boogeyman to get that, that thing." Fred goes, "Doing it right now," and you had him call me, and I talked to Zach Wild, and he was thinking he seemed relatively sober at the time, and, and he was very appreciative, and he loved it. He did tell me that it probably won't see a lot of stage time because of contractual yeah, issues. Yeah. But know that it's a huge part of my collection. And subsequently, when people would come to his house and do specials, plenty of them, there was all, that guitar was always featured. It's in always his stuff. in there. Yep. Yeah, and that, that always meant a lot. Like, it's a little bit of our legacy is out yep. there, you yep. know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, Nick, and Zach, Steve Bennett, we did 13 Boogie Bolts, and I gave four of them away to, four of them away to the most influential people in my life at that time, which was you, Nick, Zach, because because he helped propel mm-hmm. my brand and steve bennett mm-hmm. you know and uh that was always uh i mean it meant a lot to me because i know how much especially with you knowing him and having a relationship with Dimebag was just and i know i know what you went through personally after all that tragedy mm-hmm. so uh and we had a good crew we had a good crew of people there boogie street had that run of just surrounding ourselves with great great people and I know heavy metal, you know, Fred takes a lot of knocks, man. We talked about that last podcast. It doesn't need to because I think it's I think it's just an anomaly, not an anomaly. I think it's a dis, it's disingenuous to the to the genre of music because the quality of people from everyone I've ever met, Chad Lee, Chad Dyer, Tim Boland, mm-hmm. everybody associated with Black Label and the band Scott Ian, his whole staff, you know, the the members of Anthrax, all of those bands really you know, they embraced what we did and they were so kind, which is a shame that metal got always that bad rap of being yeah. dangerous or like, you know. Yeah. Well, no, well, I'm just well, saying. I know what I'm saying. mean spirited or whatever. It's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's so silly, right? I yep. mean, it's so silly. Yep. Because some of the, and, and just the, the generosity and the, do you remember all the, the all the money we did for charity after, yeah. after a dime sure bag was stuff. killed? Yeah. I mean, just the, and, and we didn't do it. We, we offered to, to, to give the money away, but ultimately it was the customers and the fans of that band that did that. Yep. And it's amazing. And, and, and you know, I think, it, you know, did that ever puzzle you? Like, why metal got the rap that it did? Yeah, metal gets bad rap, just like me walking down the street. I look all, all you know, terrifying. And, you know, I'm not terrifying. When you fall in a pit at a metal show, they help you up instead of stomping you. Metal, metal people, those kind really, of people. I don't know if it really happens or not, but he tells, he tells me it does. This is mosh pistol, horrifying to me. But, uh, but you know, I mean, they're they're real people. They're genuine people. They're not poser people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're the they're the people that, you know, you see every day, and and you look at them and go, you know. That's a real person. Yeah, yeah. Most people have good hearts, wouldn't you agree? They have good hearts, yeah. Because, I mean, that was always your line, too. Look, you know, look beyond. Yeah. Look beyond, and you'll find the person. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. This is a good buddy. Yeah, we had a good show. We did a rock and roll show for a change. We, did, we really it. dived into the music end of it. We, we actually did. Uh-huh. Actually, you got a story out of me. That, you got two stories out of me that I don't want to tell. <laughs> I know. How yeah, about so that? There you That's go. good. So yeah. I'm off the tour. Yeah. I'll do it when I come back. Mm-hmm. We'll have other stories, but... That's it for me. I have a couple other people in our circle, or my circle anyways, that are dying to do a guest spot with you. Sarah and Duffy wanted to be here tonight in the worst way. She wanted I want round, her back. She wanted round two with you in the worst <laughs> way. But I promised her we would do that again when you come back because your your series will be a consistent series on this show. This is show five already. 
Yep. And you remain the highest viewed show to the um, to this point. So Freddie continues to draw. It's the hair. But um Pantene. <laughs> on air too, I want to say that you have always been the biggest supporter of me as in my friendship circle. And, you know, I know I came to you with this idea of podcasting and Fred actually said do it, man. Run with it. Let's have some fun with it. I'll help you any way I can, and it's going to work, Eric. I have my doubts. I will tell you, buddy. Your show, we're in a, this this episode, your fifth episode here is actually show forty-seven. And I know. We're, we're in, in less than seven months. So That's awesome. We're on our way. Well, you're what? You got two tomorrow. I got two tomorrow. Another one on Sunday. We're moving along here. And we're getting, you know, you're getting people on here that uh, amazing people. Both awesome. The, and and we're embracing the Pittsburgh community in Southwestern PA. That's the that's the essence of our show. But obviously, we're we're taking we're using our musical connections, and and we want people of interest, people that are that have accomplishments, people that are that are notable. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. But I think we've been blessed by people that want to be part of this. And again, I thank you on record here for helping me get the courage to do this because it's one of the, it's been one of the most. It, I had the same feeling, Fred, that I had. When we started Boogie Street, like I, I felt so compelled, I was doing the right thing. Yeah, and I was sharing with my wife the other night. This is the next thing, and That's I it. feel and I feel so good about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you should because you know yeah. what's very successful. Thank you, buddy. And I think you're doing a great job, and, I appreciate and people it. love it. And... Do you realize he only drank two beers tonight? I don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't drink beer. So <laughs> we're so we're gonna see you in January, right? See me in January. Okay. We got the NAM show in January, so I'll, when is the NAM show? Uh, I don't know. I didn't even look. I got the phone call and said, "Hey, you coming out?" You're hoping every year in that. I mean, so how, before we split, how do you handle that? Like, there's multiple vendors want you to come out. Do you? You're pretty. Lo- you're, you're still. I saying- do tone pros. I do those guys. I'm loyal, loyal, loyal to you know to those guys that got me in. Dwight Devereaux, you know Brian Devereaux and Sharon. Yeah. You know, and those, you're consistent because that was always the type of bridge that we put on our guitars yep. that Fred not only endorsed but he believed in wholeheartedly. I did, I did, and and I still do, I still do. I I hawked that bridge. There's a lot of bad hardware for a lot of bad hardware manufacturers out there because they've they've kind of sent it all overseas now, mm-hmm. and and that's not a a knock on any person. It's just the quality control tends to suffer yeah. a little bit overseas yeah. with guitar manufacturers, anyways. Yeah, and we always insisted on having them on there. Mm-hmm. And I still have them on all mine today. So now's the end of January, I'm guessing. End of January, and then I don't know what I'm going to do. All right. Well, then we probably need to get with you middle of January before Nam. Yep. Before you set off for another tour. Ain't going to happen. I'm done. Officially retired. He's done. All right. <laughs> all right, friends. This is Fred Kowalwick. We're closing down episode five of the Koala Chronicles on the Eric McKenna Project. Love you, brother. I appreciate Love everything you you've, everything you've done for me and what you've done for the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing a little more. I have some more questions for you in January. Not Save me, but our our uh, our following does. Keep those cards but, and uh, letters coming. And be safe out there, right? Fuck no, never. <laughs> Don't take any wooden nickels. Any <laughs> chances? We'll see y'all. See y'all. God, take care. God bless. Bye bye. Keep this camera off. I'll tell you this.